woman, da 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 da. And people, oh my God, how you gonna feel after that? Nice working with you. You know what I'm saying? How do you feel after Keep that? Keep it moving. Man, listen, the first one or two scenes that I saw with Deval in these moments, I was just like, oh. So that's how you doing it on TV. <laughs> she goes, she goes, that, 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 was, that was a lot. That was a lot. That was a lot. That was a lot. <laughs> and I showed her and my then phone. And I was kind of like. I was like, I was like, hey, I just want you to see what's going on. He, yeah, I, he showed it to me beforehand because he was like, I just don't know. It's about to come out. Just, just watch this real quick. Just, and I was like. I'm watching her. You nervous? You nervous? You nervous? You nervous? I was like, you see that? You want me to pull that back? That's the move I be doing on you. realer and realer. I was like, I remember. That's our move. That was given Tuesday night. I was inspired right. by what we, inspired. Did. I, what we did. So you're yes. pulling from real life experience, <laughs> I see here. I never imagined my public healing would inspire others to heal across the world. I thank you for using him to reach the world with the message of hope in relationships. But your life does not. God, you are my publicist. We laugh. <laughs> we share the unadulterated truth. He said, not only have I not divorced you, I ain't exposed you. We didn't marry fans, we married forever. And we wanted forever to act like a fan. Reveal her, Jesus. I will not compromise Mm -mm. on getting a woman of God. You don't have to. And Father, I declare for his future wifey, thank you for preserving her. This season, I declare miracles and manifestations. See, you selling scripts. And you're unique. You ain't like nobody else. I, I noticed that right away. You being true to who you are, you're going to attract. Mm. It's a Hebrew word, hail, and it was translated wealth. And it means people. It means men. It means resources. And it means means. I'm Lateris R. Whitfield, and this is the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Lateris R. Whitfield. Listen, are you still shacking up with us? If you're still shacking up with us, come on, hit that subscription button and subscribe. Make sure you turn on your notification bell so you'll be notified about upcoming episodes. If you're listening to us on streaming platforms, hey, listen, go ahead and rate it five stars. Leave a review so a lot of people can hear about the amazing content on the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. You know, y'all always wonder, a lot of y'all inbox me asking, how can you get on the Dear Future Wifey podcast? Well, this journey is so organic for me. This is my journey as I discover, uncover, and recover love. And so I bring guests on that speak directly to my journey. Uh, a lot of times they don't even know why I bring them on the podcast, but it's so personal. So without further ado, welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast, my new homies. Kadeem and Deval Ellis. What's up, y'all? Hey there. What's up? How are you? Man, I'm great. Listen, I watched, I got connected to y'all from, y'all were on the first season of Black Love, weren't y'all? Second season. Second season. Second season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was married at the time. I've been divorced about seven years. And mm-hmm. I connected with y'all because I had never seen anybody on a public platform be as transparent as y'all were. Oh, wow. 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 Y'all were transparent. Y'all were vulnerable. Uh, and what directly connected me to y'all is because y'all were open and shared. At the time, I had, I've been married for 10 years. At the time when I saw y'all's episode, I think it might have been eight. Okay. And uh, cheated on my wife multiple times while I was married. And I was laying in the bed with my wife. We was watching y'all episode. And y'all transparently shared y'all journey to marriage where y'all experienced infidelity mm-hmm. in y'all's uh, dating relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, what made y'all so vulnerable to share that story? 
I think in general, just sharing was something that we saw was a deficit, right? Yeah. Especially within our community. They're quick to paint the image of the black family as something that's so broken. Yes. And um, Deval and I just kind of felt like, you know what? We should be celebrating the joys of our journey and even the struggles because, you know, in social media, we tend to always highlight the the the, the bright points, right? Yeah. Um, it's a highlight reel of people's lives, but we felt like it's not organic or authentic to who we are if we're not going to include some of the struggles as well, too, right? Yeah. And being together 20 years, we've had so many ebbs and flows in our relationship. And we didn't feel like we necessarily had people who gave us advice or even just gave us a window into their lives yes. transparently so that we can say, you know what, I can take that or I can leave that and apply it to my own relationship. Right. So as we grew over the 20 years, we just realized like, man, the more that we share, you know, we're helping other people as well as helping ourselves through our journey. And that's what y'all did for me. I uh, appreciate that, bro. Yeah. It's like, it's like, cause I saw that and I was like, you don't hear people talk about infidelity. You don't hear people overcome. You just, you just don't mm -hmm. hear them talk about it. Right. Right. You just end up seeing them go through divorce and then they may hear it after or they cheated or whatnot, but you right. don't understand how they overcame that. Right. And in that journey, it was so interesting because I was sitting here and, um, having dealt with that and wishing it's crazy. I know y'all gonna think this is throw it off, but I wish that my wife had cheated on me back. Oh, I yeah. wish that she had cheated back on me because I felt so dirty. I felt so uh, yeah. uh, like I was the worst husband in the world. Right. <clears throat> so I wanted to even out the playing field. Right. So I was like, and she never ever threw it in my face either. Right. But I kept saying, I just want you to match this energy or whatnot. Mm -hmm. right. And so when I saw y'all's episode, I was like, wow, this is what it looks like when you overcome it and you're healed from it and y'all have. And that's before y'all actually like blew up on the level that y'all are now. Yeah. So I've been following y'all all those years. What year was that when y'all did uh, Black Love? 2017. 2017. Yes, that's when it came out because yes. uh, Cairo was born right. and you were pregnant with Cass. Right. We remember because yeah. that was like, I think I think I was pregnant in that episode and didn't that know yet. Spring. That was spring 2017. <laughs> yeah, I might have just mm. gotten pregnant or all that black love that we were experiencing in that episode <laughs> yeah. you know, carried on to the night. Yeah. <laughs> it's possible. Carried yeah, on to the night. That's when it was. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I was just like, look at this young couple. Y'all were how old during that time? Y'all were pretty young. Yeah, what early was that? early thirties. Yeah, yeah. early. Yeah. That's 2017. I was 33, mm -hmm. and I was like, when I saw y'all, I literally said, "Watch, God gonna do something powerful in their life." Wow. Because you could just see it when people can show up authentically who they are. That's where you are able to to live your best life. Period. Absolutely. Period. But as long as you're hiding <clears throat> and 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 ashamed of what you've done, then you 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 can't glow up. And I've watched y'all glow up little by little by little and now y'all freaking superstars. I know y'all probably want to hear right. that, but y'all oh, freaking that's, superstars. That's tough for us to hear. I know yeah. it, I know it, but I'm just gonna give y'all y'all flowers. Oh, uh, thank you so you. much, bro. Appreciate that. One of the things that was so dope, uh Whitney. Whitney, we had an episode <laughs> that Whitney, her week oh, fell off. My, my God. God. <laughs> This morning, <laughs> <laughs> yo. First of all, Whitney is funny she anyway. Is. Yeah, she like, is. like she. I felt I started following her. I think a year ago. Yeah, and it was just watching her page and her content because I grew up in the church. And I think the first video I saw was her uh, flirting after oh, yeah, church. The church. <laughs> and I was just watching all of the videos, and I'm like, yo, all these videos is hilarious. Spot on, right? Then I saw that clip, and at first I was just like. <laughs> 
was this staged? And then I seen Wit's face, and I said, no, this is not staged. You can tell what's yeah, natural. Yeah, I, well. I was like, no, that's really happening yeah. right now. Yeah. She was living organically in that moment. And just for that, Whitney, thank you, girl. Because listen, <laughs> I made sure I got a sewing today. So this hair ain't going nowhere. All right, my like, little $15 pack hair. <laughs> ain't going nowhere, huh? Ain't going nowhere. It's on the scalp. Listen, that video <laughs> got over 65 million views worldwide. Mm, wow. People were posting that video from mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg, all these different celebrities. And what touched her the most, she called me screaming on the phone because DeVal had shared her oh, video. That means a lot to me. That does <laughs> she, mean a lot to me. She was like, I know all these other people are terrorists and this is this, but guess who shared the video? I said, who? She said, DeVal Ellis. And I, and I was like, I've been wanting that. What you did not know at that moment is that when I did my podcast, uh-huh. you know, uh, I was like, I can't wait till I make it to have the Ellis's on my podcast. Oh, my mother made it. My mother made it. I done got the Ellis's on my you podcast. You made it far before us, though. You, you too, Carl. Yeah, let me tell you, you, you made a splash for yourself before us. So facts, give yourself some facts. credit for sure. But for the sure. reason why is because. Um, and it's not based upon your following. It's not based mm-hmm. upon the success of y'all's podcast. It's not based upon the success of your YouTube channel. It's based on what I see, how y'all operate as a couple. Because mm-hmm. that's what um, what I always say now. I say I don't want a wife. I want my purpose partner. Mm-hmm. Or let me phrase that. I don't want just a wife. I want my purpose right. partner. Yeah. And what that means to me is someone that comes alongside of me. I come alongside of her. We do our purpose together. Absolutely. And so when I look at y'all, I see how y'all support each other. I see how, like, y'all are building legacy. I see how y'all's kids are. Y'all got the most beautiful family. Thank you. And what Thank happens is, is people are finding so much encouragement just watching y'all live y'all's normal life. You know, it's crazy when you say the word purpose. For yeah. so long, I struggled with trying to figure out what my purpose was, mm. right? It's like with each year that passed, I felt like I had to have some sort of, like, you know, if someone asked me, like it had to be like my life's motto. This is yeah. what I'm here to do. And I couldn't figure it out for a while. And then one day it hit me and I'm just like, I am existing and living truthfully in whatever my purpose is. There it is. And I need to accept it, it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Like this is our ministry. Whatever yes. we're doing mm-hmm. to, you know, impact the masses. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. living our life, sharing what it's like mm-hmm. to be a millennial couple. Just, you know, been together since 18 over the years, raising see, these boys. See, see, like, you don't hear that. You know what I'm saying? It. When you have people been together since 18? years <laughs> when, 18 the, years the old the funny thing is we we had a, a show last night yeah. in dallas yes and we asked for you know how many couples are here there were like four or five couples that were there mm-hmm. who've been together since they were teenagers and one thing i like to proclaim is that we're not the anomaly right we just are the ones who are choosing to show it but we know so many people who live like us and are doing the same things and doing great things with their kids and their significant other it's just never highlighted right and it's never highlighted in the mainstream media before I started doing social media, I was pitching a sitcom based on our real life mm-hmm. about a football player who retired from the NFL and had to move back to gentrify Brooklyn and was dealing with white folk moving in and trying to tell them <laughs> they didn't belong here. <laughs> and all the producers kept telling me was like, oh, there's not enough at stake. It's, you know, it's the black family. They like, wanted it's just, drama. What, yep. I was just like, yep. I was like, what you mean there's not enough at stake? We're, move, mm-hmm. we're moving back home to where we grew up. And you have gentrification happening, people telling us we don't belong. Mm. My wife is starting to walk in her purpose while I'm still trying to figure out mine after making all this money. Yeah. Like, we lost a lot of money. That's that's everything that's at stake. And they're yeah. like, mm. 
<laughs> and I'm like, what you mean? So, yeah, right. <laughs> like, y'all do this with white families all, all the time. time. Yes, we exactly. watch white families on television, like the Goldbergs. They're just a oh, white yeah. family. Right. Yeah. They get to or be the a white family. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, what about, like, I want this to be a sitcom and we can, ha and was like, no, they just don't want to see it. And now, because shout out Black Love. Yes. Mm -hmm. Black Love showed every, like, the world. Like, yeah. this is what the black family looks like. Yes. It's not a monolithic viewpoint of struggle. You know, these are people who are loving and living their purpose. Mm -hmm. And Black Love was the first to kind of push it out in the forefront. And I think from that, and Kadena and I pushing the same message on yes. our social media, right. people starting to realize, like, wait a minute, the black family is important. Now yes. when you look at television, the Upshaws is on Netflix. Yeah. Jamie mm -hmm. Foxx has a show with his daughter. Yeah. There's so many more examples of it. So I'm, I'm excited about the narrative changing a lot. I did not know that you was pitching shows back then. I was oh, pitching yeah. shows since 2000. 2012. Really? Mm -hmm. I've, I've always wanted to do TV film. Football, While you're playing football, you all. The oh, first yeah. thing I told Kay, this is. Because yes. you was acting too, weren't you? <laughs> yep. We were all, yeah. both of us. We went to school for broadcasting and speech communication performance. So that's actually, actually, he came over to school of communication when we started dating in college. <laughs> he was, trying, he, was, trying to he was a finance major, okay? <laughs> time out. Time out. He was a finance Stop. major. Yeah, I, first of all, he claimed he played football. Yeah, he, claimed, he, claimed. he claimed he played football. But when I finish saw him, lies. I said, You look like a blow pop. You got a big finish, old head and nobody. I said, What kind of football is he playing? I don't know much about the sport, but finish he don't lies. look like he plays football. Okay? So I, I changed to your major, huh? He changed your you major. Sure you gonna skip the, the fact that you changed to my whole school? You were going to a completely <laughs> actually, different college. Actually, I, I sir. Let you, I let you tell you. Don't actually, you you changed your whole school? She was, was at Brooklyn College. I was at Brooklyn College and when I when I actually saw him at the banquet and I shot my shot and bagged him because I bagged him, y'all. Tell him how you stalked me. He went by my parents' I house. I bagged him. I'll tell y'all the story and you can read it T in the talk, book Talk about length. it. Okay. I want to hear it. Don't leave out However, the, the good parts now. <laughs> yeah. However, yes, I was actually transferring at that point, and yeah. I applied to three different schools. My mom said, "Whoever gives you the most scholarship money, that's where you're gonna go." What a coincidence! And the good Lord said, "That's what not a coincidence. That's God, baby." Was like, "Listen, Deval's waiting for you at Hofstra's. You already bagged him. You might as well make it official. I'm gonna give you the scholarship money, and you're gonna go to Hofstra, and that's where everything." How long were y'all dating at that time before you transitioned schools? Um, we weren't dating long at all, actually. We had our first date, and <laughs> then I months. transferred the spring semester, so maybe about two, two months. months. She knew from early. Two weeks into us talking, she getting off the phone. She goes, all right, Devon, I'll let you later. I love you. I was like... <laughs> when you know, you Thank know. Thank you. I didn't, I didn't know what to say. So I, didn't, I was trying to be polite. In my mind, said, I was just like, you. I love you already. Okay, I'm not going to say it back because I don't want to lie because I don't know this girl <laughs> like that. So let me just say thanks. So I said thank you. So during that time, were you marriage-minded? I was. Really, that young? I was definitely marriage-minded. And I said, I talk about it in the book, I was a person that always aspired to marriage. Really? Did I you see a great example growing up? Um, I did have some examples that kind of had moments where I was like, okay, this she is... some examples that had moments? This is, they had moments. <laughs> you said... Did you have a great example? Well, I had some examples that had some moments. moments. Yeah. And then... But I was yeah, like... Yeah, I did. It was okay. This is cute. It was, so um, cold. It, was, it was very hot and cold, depending on the relationship that I was she looking at. Moments. But also, too, I admired the family unit. Wow. You, your media training is... <laughs> Like amazing, right? Like what I'm gonna give you is the truth. Okay, the whole version of it, but the truth. So there was moments that I said, okay, this looks like something that's doable. But also, too, I was a big family person, and I know I wanted to have a husband and children, like 
a family was was definitely something I aspired to. And then some people don't always aspire to that. Stop. Why y'all laughing at me? From now on, I'm going to quote you. You have a good example. I had an example that had some moments. <laughs> That needs to be a meme. <laughs> that needs to be a meme. Was you had a great example, I had an example. Yes, moments. moments. Exactly. That because in be those great meme. examples. She's making to get married. We ain't talking about having a, a date. She said to get married. In them, in them great examples are lessons. Oh, my God. Okay, there, lessons, there are lessons. lessons within those great examples. <laughs> but those moments, too, that are not so nice let you know that these are things I don't want to necessarily aspire to in my marriage. That's real. Right? That's how she's going to talk about me. Did you have a great marriage? I had a marriage. I had some moments. That's from now on. Give or take. That's how you going. That's literally our, our life, saying, though. Explain it like that in the future, Javal. Oh, my God. Said, I, had a, I had a marriage that had some moments. moments. I'm going to watch it from now. Every interview, I'm going to be like, how was our marriage, Kadeem? We had a marriage that had, had some moments. moments. <laughs> but the good moments outweigh the bad, for sure. Yes. Oh, I'll clean it up that way. No, were, but, were, were, were you marriage-minded? Um, no, 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 no! I was trying to smash as many people as possible. Let me, yo, let me tell you, this is this is the the guy's honest truth. I saw Kadena at the banquet. She was very, very pretty. She was wild skinny, wild skinny. I love bodies. Right? Yeah, I love bodies. Right? She was wild skinny. Right? And she had how many her times hair. you gonna say I was wild skinny though? <laughs> she was wild, wild, wild skinny. Pot spoon wild head. Skinny. <laughs> <laughs> as many times. He did look like a pot spoon blow pop. Y'all get the picture. She it was, was a big head, little <laughs> body. <laughs> yeah, when I met her, she had a body. It had some moments. Trust me, he loves these moments now. He's living in the moments. Yeah, it's big. I see all them kids you keep having. Yeah, it's great. He's living in moments, y'all. But I was coming from high school, being an athlete. And yeah. Like everyone was saying to me, you're going to college. This is where you're going to meet women. Yeah. Right? So I met this woman. She was, and she still is, like, gorgeous. So I'm like, dang, I'm about to smit it at. That's all I was thinking, right? That's all I was thinking. So Fast. then she called me after I was chasing her all summer. She wasn't answering the phone. She had won a pageant. I didn't know when you win pageants, you go on a tour. Oh, uh, yeah. Summertime. So I'm mm. calling her house. Her sister will pick up the phone. And this is, this is I'm dating myself. I actually had her house number. Oh, like yeah. That's old school, yeah. Yeah, 718 He's still I didn't want to say your number. Right. Right. We nobody answered that shit now anyway, so. <laughs> so I used to go in my parents' basement. And they had a rotary phone. Right? Yeah. They had a rotary yeah. phone. So I would go and be like, hey, this is DeVal. Can I speak to Kadeem? Her sister would be like, she not here. Hang up the phone. <laughs> so I thought she was my covering me. I thought she was covering me. So I was like, I'm off this. She calls me, says she's going to be at the school for the Light the Night Walk, and she's going to be a representative of a pageant. So I'm like, bet, she coming to see me. I know what this is about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, at this point, I'm like, I already know what this is about. <laughs> she comes out, and she comes out of Hofstra, USA, and she has on this black top, and she has on these khaki pants. And they you remember colors? I remember. You're so romantic. I'm going to tell you why I remember it right now. <laughs> it was the perfect amount of stretch in the pants. That it accentuated the moment mm -hmm. that I was trying to have with her. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so when she walked by the car, I was like, oh, yeah, this is going, this is going, going down. down. <laughs> and I didn't have no money. I was broke. <laughs> so I was like, then we're going to take this girl. I said, I'm going to take her to the calf. And I'm going to let all my boys see because, you know. Yeah, you got a brand. You, you got to get the girl. Yeah. yeah. She long, dark yeah. hair. So we walking in the calf and I walk in first. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I introduce her. I'm like, you know, this is my, my homegirl, Kadeem. This is Bo, Steve, da, da, da. So they all looking at how you doing. The minute she walks by, they looking they're at like, me. They're, they're like, like, they're, they're, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, ah, stop. 
So now, you know what I'm saying? Act normal. I so had no she, idea this is going normal. on behind my head. She either. walks past, right? And I go like this. I go, you see all this? You can get whatever you like. Because I had an unlimited meal card. I was on a football team. So now I'm stunting. You know what I'm you saying? You can have whatever you want. You can have whatever yeah, you want. It was a whole buffet set up. So, you know? She got... A turkey, she got honey turkey, American cheese, lettuce, tomato, and mayonnaise on the road. You remember what she With a bag ate. of chips. I, I remember because I was like, dang, that's a big sandwich <laughs> for this little girl. And she's 115 pounds. So then Soaking wet. She's all dainty. <laughs> we go back to my dorm room. She was, I was, And I asked her, I said, you want to stay here? She's like, no, it's kind of loud in here. We can go back to your dorm room. So I'm like, oh, like oh, she's yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, she is with it. <laughs> No. So I'm like, it's a wrap now. So we go back to my dorm room and she's dainty. She jumps off and she's like, can I sit on your bed? I know it's street clothes. So I'm like, oh, she's, she's very clean. She's like, oh. So she jumps on the bed, right? She opens up the thing. She's just like. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, they don't feed her. That's why she's so I skinny. I hungry. I wanted to give a hug. I was like, oh my, had they fed you all summer, please, please don't collapse here on my bed. So now she's eating a hero. Mayonnaise coming down her thing. And you like, so, what you want to do with your life, right? And my first thing I want to do is wipe this mayonnaise off your mouth. But I don't know you like that. And I'm kind of turned on. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of yeah. turned on. Like, the skinny little pretty uh, pageant girl sitting on my bed, destroying the sandwich. And in a moment of vulnerability that I don't know why I had, Uh-oh. Martin was on television. And... Rather than say, oh, you know, I'm going to go to the NFL. You're trying to impress her. Yeah. I'm going to go to the NFL, make money. I said, I want to do that. Really? And I was, I don't know what I expected her to say. But I was used to telling people that I wanted to act. And all they did was laugh. laugh say, yeah. mm-hmm. You ain't no actor. Like, yeah. kids start yawning and I. And she said to me, she said, wow. Well, how are we going to get there? Ooh. Change my life. The rest was the history. Gab. We didn't, we talked yeah. for four hours. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I didn't even look. Down at her body at that point because it mm. was only her eyes at that there point. There it is. And I was like, she said, We, like, we, we. Like, this is a part of her. So I yes. said, Well, what do you want to do with your life? And she was like, I'm going to be an entertainment reporter, be a news anchor, do this and do that. And she was so, like, vibrant about what she wanted to do. And I was like, Yo, like, this is kind of dope. Yeah. Like, I've never had that feeling where someone yeah. saw my dream and had a similar dream. And the rest is history. Like we. So why she say she bagged you? So she literally. I did bag me. Like we, we, I did bag him. We went to the. She, she did. I. I, I, I did. can't even take credit for so this. So he and I actually know each other since elementary school days. Oh wow! Went to yeah. the same elementary school, a small little private school out in Brooklyn and in uh, East New York, and they had invited me to come back after I won the pageant to co-host a banquet they were having. So I got the list of honorees, and as I'm looking down the list of honorees, familiarizing myself with names, I was like. Deval Ellis. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's Deval. So he went, we went to rival high schools. He used to work at Hagen Dazs in the mall. So I would see him when I'd be in the mall sometimes. And my cousin would be like, just go buy some ice cream. Just go make the introduction. And I'm like, I don't know what to say. Just being shy. So once I saw him on there, I said, okay, Lord, I see what you're doing. You want me to shoot my shot. All right. <laughs> Heard you. So I got prepared. I was like telling my mom, I'm like, I need to get a new dress to go to this banquet. She was like, girl, you got mad dresses in your closet. You better pick something out. So I went and picked out this dress that I wore for the Miss Jamaica pageant I had done the year before. And I knew he was going to be there. And that's when I just approached him. And I was just like, Deval Ellis. He was standing there with his brother. You know, we talked the entire night. At the end of the night, he tried to play himself at valet no, like he I was didn't. about to get in the car and not said, take no, my I didn't. number. No, I, didn't. I had a plan. And he, he wasn't trying to take was my number. Plan? So so I gave it to him. 
I took his little crusty program booklet out of his hands, got a pen from the valet man, and I was like, since you're not going to ask me for my number, sir. Mad aggressive. Typical New York. Because we totally hit it off tonight. Is that that, uh, indicative of New York uh, women or Jamaican women? Both. Both. (laughs) Both. 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 Definitely, because New York women will see you walking down the street and be like, yo, what's good, my G? And he'd be like, who are you talking to? And she'd be like, you, what's up with the number? And you'd be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Turning me on, don't ask me for a good time. You know, exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah, take my number. Exactly. Oh. But it's, he, on, it's on your Jamaican side. It's the same thing. That's, just, that's a the fact. Women We're going to go. family are very strong. Yeah, especially my mom's yes. side, the Jamaican side, for very sure. My, my, my Vincentian side is a lot more passive and laid back. And that's who I was prior to. <laughs> But then I was like, nah, this time I'm, I'm going to see him. I'm going to be cute. You know, I'm going to have myself together. I'm going to shoot my shot. And, and you grabbed this program is book and wrote it down? Buckets. First of all. Swish. This is, this is. Wet. Steph Curry. Listen, listen. listen. Period. Okay. Period. I was not going to leave without giving her my number. Why so you say that? Said. I wasn't. I had a plan. Okay. Right? What was your plan? She's just impatient. I'm a very impatient person. Listen, my I had time to waste. I didn't waste the mad Kevin, years prior right? to that. She said she'd been my stuck waiting for the moment. My uncle Kevin told me, when you meet a young lady, don't be too rambunctious. You know what I'm saying? You got to let her think that she don't she don't know if she got you yet. That's how you keep them intrigued. Yeah. Because if you show them too much attention too early, they're like, oh, he on me. So he on me so they're losing interest fast. Right. <laughs> so I was going to do the slow walk away, right? <laughs> so what I did was I was like, you know, it was nice talking to you. Have a good night. And then I was going to turn like this. Right. <laughs> like he had a Jodeci track playing in the background. I like, did. bro. I did. I did. It was forever my lady. <laughs> right. I, it was playing in my head. So I did the slow turn, right? Right, right. And I was getting ready. After the slow turn, I was going to turn back and be like, oh, why are you here? Let me have your number. I was midway through the slow turn, right? And I said, here's my moment. <laughs> I'm about it. to go back. And she said, since you ain't going to ask me for my number, give it, snatched my book, wrote the number in the top, and was like, here, and threw the thing back at me. Now I'm the big, Tasmanian big, devil. He had yeah, a big old yeah. record scratch in. He had like, the underscore going, <laughs> That and I wanted it. to stop her and be like, wait, ma'am, I have a moment that I'm trying to have. Let me have my moment. No. She took the whole skin. thing. Meanwhile, I was like, you see my shirt say New York Feather. New York Feather, no. Let she me holler at you real quick. Run that phone number, okay? She did that. Listen, I got plans And she didn't bag me once. She bagged me twice. <laughs> what was because, the other time? Because that summer I was calling her and her sister was curbing me. So I was like, man, freak this girl, man. I'm, I'm going to college. I got a scholarship. I got a 1989 Maximum with black rims. Like... I'm about to get mad Maxine. When you got a Maxima, you know what I'm saying? But you can pull with my number. So I knew what it was. So I'm I'm in my dorm room. I already forgot about her. I get a phone call from a random number. Pick it up. I'm like, hello? Hello, handsome. I'm like, how you know my neck did that? I know your neck did that because I know your neck. I know your neck very well. Listen. Oh, my bad. Keep it. My keep bad, it. this is a family show. I'm sorry. My bad. I'm sorry. Well, that's how you make If families. you want me to keep the dad, man, you better get your we hand off well. my lap. We can do that family. well. Got to hold it together, y'all. So she called me. She goes, hey, handsome. And I remembered her voice. And I was like, who is this? She goes, who it sound like? You had attitude to vow. Yeah, I had a wild, wild attitude because I was like, yo, you curved me all summer. I said, sound like Kadeen. She was just like, you right. Guess what? I'm coming out of the house tomorrow. Nah, 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 nah. So I was like, well, all right, cool. That'd be nice to see you, I guess. I was keeping Lies. it real calm because she already curbed me mad Meanwhile, times. his heart was fluttering, y'all. Sure was. How you know what my heart was doing? You I had heard no it. clue what my heart was doing. I heard it. 
You had no clue what my heart was doing. He got that false start. He did one of the most. Oh, I, de- I definitely did that. I was like, I'm about to smash. I'm about to smash. I'm about to smash. Then insert the. No, you not. No, you not. Give me, give me a couple weeks. Yeah, she was trying to make me wait. You try to play hard days. to get. I, I tried. Well, it was a ninety day rule. What, what that you was to do? what it was. You know, my 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 older cousin who I looked to for advice at the time. <laughs> you know, she was just like, "Girl, like you can't. It has to be at least ninety days. Like that's the rule. Like you have to hold out. You, <laughs> you know, can't make somebody you with a have maximum to hold out. Ninety day at a maximum. Come on now. First time she go in that the car, she was like, "Ooh, these seats are plush. This eighty nine maximum. Ooh, wee." My suspension was bad, so every time I hit a bump, she was like, oh, <laughs> oh. That's I what knew it's going to be like. The value, you said you can't make a male with an 89 maximum weight. Yo, yo. <laughs> Literally. You can't make me wait. Literally. But I called my with cousin. With black rims with black and a chrome lip, man. Oh, uh, yeah. And a chrome lip. Don't forget the chrome lip. Yeah. But I oh, called okay. her when I left DeVal that day after the light the night walk and we had, you know, the sandwich on the bed and everything. And I said, girl. I said, I met my husband tonight. You said that. I said that to her verbatim. And she said that to this day, she was just like. The lollipop looking dude with the head and everything because she had met him prior to that. And she was just like, yeah, he, his body's a little small. Is you sure he played football? I, I was, said, listen. I was, was 5'8 and a half. What position did you play? 148 pounds. Receiver. Okay, that's, Part yeah. return, kick return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 148 pounds. But this I was crazy. I met my husband. Did you hear that conversation she had with her cousin? Yeah. This was the conversation I had with my brother. Did you smash? <laughs> I was like, nah, man, I didn't. We talked. He goes, man, you whack. <laughs> like, he was like, you, man, you corny, bro. Like, you in college. I'm like, bro, she's a nice girl. <laughs> he was like, boo. You were getting clowned. I was getting clowned. I'm telling you, that's how it is. It's a yeah. it's a crazy juxtaposition between the male and the female. Y'all are, y'all are relates well a lot of y'all are relationship driven and men are just like we just gonna have a good time. That's mm-hmm. that's, that's what I was thinking and, and and so at that moment by you handling her different, there been a different type of connection early on. Did yeah. you think anything mm-hmm. past that? Or you just like, you're just still in the moment? No, I, I even in those those first few weeks, I was still like, I want to smash. But I also, <laughs> sorry, this is the truth. I just wanted, she looks so it's good. Just the jargon for me. Yeah, I'm like... She looks so good. And she used to come to my school with these fitted jeans on and these just heels just and just tipping you yeah. like that and it was, you just so fine I was, I was like, just a little oh fashionista gosh. back in the day before I had four kids and I run around looking like this all day okay I, know. I used she, to be she used cute to dress back up in the day Lisa, she used, to, dress <laughs> used up. to be cute and I was really just still thinking about like how I could smash without disrespecting the friendship we were building that's really what my mindset was and it fell into like love like I didn't I didn't even I told her at one point I said yo I don't want to be nobody boyfriend. Yeah. And you I did. told him the same thing. I yeah, said I just got to college. Like yeah. I'm I'm I was talking to a young lady in high school at the time and I was just like like this uh, the whole thing to me felt corny. Yeah. I'm a, a new guy, I'm a freshman yeah. in college and I have a girlfriend like yeah. who does that? Yeah, you ain't supposed to take Santa Right. My parents were like super strict, you know, traditional West Indian household and they did not agree with me dating. They didn't want me outside, but I was like I'm about to be outside. I'm going to college. I'm living on campus. Like I wanted to just enjoy so life. What they want you to just focus on your, your school, education. On school, school education. Um, my dad was like, "Can you cook? Can you clean? Can you, you know, be a good wife one day?" They were. I think they were grooming, <laughs> grooming me towards why, that. Why, why are you petting your wife? Making sure, making sure the wig is tight. <laughs> it's a 
it was around this time when when Whit dropped back in. She was reaching. This is my God. It was around this time. Listen, no, no, no. Fool us once. She was the sacrificial lamb because now I know. It was around this time. Now I know. But yeah, I mean, I wasn't looking for that either. And that's why I think we struggled in the beginning of our relationship so much. Like when you spoke in the beginning about infidelity and things like that, because we were we were trying so hard to not yeah. be together. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and yeah. We, but we wanted to be together at the same time. So we had moments where we we're like, you know what, forget this. Like, we're not going to do this yeah. anymore. And we, you know, break up for like break two up. hours and then we just <laughs> end up back together again. Like, two hours. Yeah. it just really became that. And we were fighting against what naturally we just so was naturally happening. wanted to happen because we felt like we had to listen to everyone say, you should be out in yeah. these streets. You should be making friends. You should be dating around. Like, don't settle down too fast. You need to grow as an individual. Like, there were so many things being thrown our way. But this was just. Undeniable. You know, I did the same thing to my daughter. My daughter just got married this past December. She's 26 years old. Wow. And I, when she went to college, her and her, uh, I used to call him uh, her friend that's a boy. That's what I was <laughs> yeah. I said, her friend I, that's a I boy. I see that. You sound yeah. like my mom. She would definitely say that. <laughs> Man, so they went to college together. I helped them both move in and all that type of stuff and just played the father figure in his life since his father was absent. But I kept telling, I was like, you too serious. Like you going to college, yeah. just mm-hmm. just least date other people. This girl hit me with a hard truth. She said, Me dating other people is for what? I said, so you can, you know, learn different people and find out mm-hmm. what you like. Mm-hmm. She said, But what if I already found out what I like? Mm. That is a hard truth. And then that I said, Well, you don't know that. Now here I am. Right. I said, You're You don't know that. And she said, man, she yeah. said, No, she said, What I desire, what I like, and Tay. Is everything that I want. Why should I keep searching? And if she knows, then she knows. Exactly. And, I knew. But, and she ended up marrying him. People often ask us, like, how do you get through infidelity? Yeah. Right? This is the first way to get through infidelity. I never said I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. I made a choice. Facts. Mm-hmm. I made a choice. Yeah. And similar to what you felt with your wife, yeah. I felt with Kay when we were dating. I used to ask her all the time, you sure you don't want to go out there and try to be with nobody else? <laughs> yeah. And the Always. reason why I, I used to say that is because my biggest fear is one day my wife wake up in the morning and she just goes, I can't do this anymore. Yep. Yeah. I don't know who I am. I don't yep. love you anymore. Yep. I, I, I want to see other things. And I don't want to experience that in my 50s and 60s. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'd rather right. you find out now in your 20s if there is somebody else or something Facts. else mm-hmm. so that we can be in marital bliss for eternity. Yeah. So I used to in college, I did with times that, and this is this is the crazy part. People will judge me for this. I used to tell her, like, I need to, I need to go experience something else. Mm-hmm. I we need to take a break because I also don't want to wake up one morning and, and be like, way. I don't love you like that mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. And through those choices, sometimes I included her on the choices, and sometimes for my own selfish reasons, I want I didn't want to answer to nobody. Facts. Mm-hmm. So I made the choices on my own. But through those choices, I realized, like, dang, no, nobody, nothing is like this woman. There it is. Which is why it's easy for me to be monogamous now. Yeah. So many of my boys and people be like, yo, you in the industry. It's bad yeah. shit everywhere. There's this, yeah. this, and that. There was a time in my life. Well, that means something. When that meant something to yeah. me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. There was yeah. a time in my life where I was looking and searching for what it would be like to find the perfect person. And I wanted to experience other yeah. things. I've done it already. Yeah. And I've, I've not, I, I hate saying settled. Because I don't feel like I settled. I find comfort in being here with this woman. You know what I'm saying? And and that for me, just I wake up every morning and I'm like, 
I'm good. I can go to set. I'll do a sex scene with a beautiful woman. Da 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 da. And people, oh my god, how you gonna feel after that? Nice working with you. You know what I'm saying? How do you feel after Keep that? Keep it moving. Man, listen. The first one or two scenes that I saw with, <laughs> with Deval and, and, and these moments, I was just like, oh, so that's how you doing it on TV. <laughs> she goes, she goes, that, that, was, that was a lot. That was a lot. That was a lot. That was a lot. <laughs> and I showed her and on my I phone. And then I was kind of like. I was like, hey, I just want you to see what's going on. He, he showed it to me beforehand because he was like, I just it's, don't know. It's about to come out. Just, just watch this real quick. Just, and I was like. I'm watching her. You were nervous? You were nervous? Like, you nervous? Like, you nervous? I was like. You see Let me pull that back? That's the move I be doing on you. realer and realer. I was like, that move. That's our move. That was given Tuesday night. I was inspired right. by what we, inspired. what we did. So he's yes. pulling from real life experience, I see here. Uh, fabulous. Like, you, you see that? Uh, <laughs> you trying to be our professional with? Yeah, I'm like, you see that? Right here, you know, there really was no emotion. Yeah, it was nothing. There right was just nothing there. I didn't really but like the this But the way scene. he also describes it, too, he's just like, you know, he's on the set where it's cold and yeah. he's padded. And, yeah. You know. He worked with Tyler. Yeah, I, I, come, I come out of the theater world, so, you know, I'm you know, as director, producer and stuff. So you know, there's nothing intimate about them sex. No, no. Be at this angle. Put your leg. You be like, you see what I'm saying? Literally, don't be comfortable. Yeah, you be like, this is just for the shot or the shot. Like you would never do that in real life. In real life, for sure. It's important for people to know. There's a thing called an intimacy coordinator. Yes, it's like a stunt coordinator. Yeah. First thing they do is they take your joint and they tie it up with a freaking sock. They put a they put a sock on it. They tie it. It's like a drawstring, and it be your joint and your buddies. Both, yeah, yeah. Both all buddies of them in there. The all of them. Yeah. Right? The whole party. Then there's an a, a inch thick pad <laughs> that goes over your joint that comes all the way around like, like a, a thong. And like a diaper. All up, and it be all up in there because you can't see it. You not comfortable, right? There's like there's no comfortable. And then you, she, you ain't feeling sexy. You're not feeling nothing. You just like not a feel baby. You just, yeah, it's like a baby with this pet. Pa- but you just actually sock. feel nothing. Like there's no blood flow. No, there's no, no, nothing. no nothing. I thought my joint was gonna fall off one time. I was like, hey, we don't want that miss, to happen. You got it. This is too tight now. Come on now. Just come on. Within reason. Come on. <laughs> Within reason. And I didn't know. I didn't know it was like that until yeah. I started working on sets. And I was like, this is why they always, when, when they ask co-stars, like, the sex scenes, and they be laughing, like, yeah, the sex scenes. I was like, why they laugh at it? Now, I know why they laugh. Because there's no sex happening. There's nothing happening. No but sex. it's so funny, even um, him working with Crystal Renee Hazlett, shout uh, yeah. out to Crystal, she's amazing. She literally was just trying to make sure, and she went above and beyond, because as a professional, <clears throat> excuse me, as a professional in the industry, she doesn't owe me anything, right? She's booked to do a job with my husband because right. that's her work. Yeah. So I can't infringe on that right. because that's not my place. It's like going up to Walmart talking about, hey, exactly. uh, I, I noticed you always a sack of next to the camera. Right, exactly. Like you can't stock the shelves this way because who right. am I to say, you know, what it is? So in being a professional that she is, but also just being the amazing human that she is, she, Deval has had to call me at one point. I FaceTimed to FaceTime her. Not in the middle of the scene, did you? Bro, no, no, no. We had an intimacy session. Mm -hmm. Intimacy coordination is a big deal. Especially after the Me Too movement because it felt like men were using their power to force women into situations where they were uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So now the intimacy coordinator sits down and you have a full rundown of every scene. They use the little gum, uh, Gumby things to show you what they look like, right? And then, little no, I'm dead like, like little kids talking about, you're going to kiss <laughs> like this? Yes. You're going to lay down like this? Yes. And then part of it was, in order for you to become comfortable, it's, it's offered that y'all should kiss first off screen in the 
comfort of the intimacy coordinator right. before you get on screen so that it's not like awkward. uncomfortable mm-hmm. and yeah. awkward. You got to mm-hmm. live truthfully. So I'm like, cool, whatever, right? She goes, okay, you ready? She's recording it. <laughs> she records everything to make sure yeah. that it's safe, right? I lean in to kiss Crystal. This is Crystal. <laughs> I'm like, yo, your eyes open. You got your eye open too. And your lips is wild tight like a booty hole. I'm not going to be kissing your tight booty hole lips, Crystal. Wait, and she's what? like, I'm sorry. I just, How did he get there? I just can't because it's K and I feel uncomfortable. I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing this with you. Bro. I got a job to do. So by the time she had talked to you and, 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 and formed a bond with you or something? Yes. Yeah, so at I that point, we had, we had spoken a couple K times. In that moment, I but said, K, talk prior to, her, to this, But prior to this, we had spoken. Like, So yeah, she and I had developed mm. a relationship and stuff so like that. Like <laughs> but in this particular moment, DeVal FaceTimes me and he's like... Hey, talk to Crystal for me. Yo, I was uh, over So I was like, over. and I was just like, oh my God, what happened? Like, I thought something went wrong. And she's just like, I just want to make sure it's okay with you that, because we have to kiss in this scene. I said, Crystal, you better kiss that man so that check can clear. <laughs> she was dead Because we got stuff to do. We got, okay? we got stuff she was to do. And then they went from one extreme to the next. Then there was the blue light special. Have y'all seen the episode? If not, YouTube it. <laughs> Okay, where there was a shower scene that happened, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> this is what we do it now." Yeah, I was. We talking about we got on what show is this? The team on sisters. sisters. On sisters. Season two of Sisters. Yeah, what episode was it? Nine ish. I don't remember. Somewhere the around about there, but, it was but the baby, it was trending on Twitter. It sure I had as to heck lift was. Crystal up in the shower. Mm-hmm. I remember that. The, the water was coming down. I remember yeah. that scene. And I was here's like, the crazy Ooh. part. That water was cold. Is all, all, they all don't heck. warm this stuff up. It's cold water, right? And I'm trying not to shiver, right? Oh, no. And this is Tyler behind looking this. Devout, to stop me. shivering. Devout, stop shivering. <laughs> Lift Crystal up. Okay, now I'm going through the motion, right? And, it, and Crystal... Is not 115 uh, no, pounds. No, uh, like she is a, she's thick, a full, big, full woman. figure woman. And I'm tired now. And I'm cold. <laughs> and I got Tyler Perry, 6'5. And this is during the pandemic. He's 6'5, 260 pounds. And he has on this Darth Vader helmet. Because this is when they were trying Looking to like have people astronaut. not to get like sick. Yeah. He had the Buzz Lightyear joint with the clear visor. And then I'm just like, yo, like, this is crazy. Like, what is happening right now? Well, y'all did a great job because it looked amazing. It looked so good. I went right on my laptop. I was like, Amazon. (laughs) Blue light bulb. (laughs) Add to cart. Then we had just moved into our house in Georgia, so I didn't have all of our stuff yet. So I was like, I don't have a lamp. I was like, lamp. Facts. So when he got home from filming... Yeah, because he was away for three weeks under quarantine, lockdown, filming. I had just moved this into our home. I said we're gonna have a christening situation going up in here. All right, so I got the lamp, the blue light, and the air bed. And <laughs> then have our furniture yet? No air mattress. And nine months later, another key. Dakota, Dakota Marley. And I told Tyler Perry, I was like, TPZ, listen, you got a godson, baby, because this is all your fault. Got blue light special. <laughs> we were, blue I was light inspired. Special. I was inspired. You That's know, what nickname, can I say? Blue light. Blue light. Blue light, blue light baby. Blue, blue light, light baby. baby. And so while y'all were doing that with, um, and so y'all had, was there any type of adversity in that? You're watching this as, an, as a wife. Mm-hmm. Um, the first initial shock, you got over the initial shock, and mm-hmm. then you start seeing more scenes with it. And then yeah. they have a whole show called Zatima. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so, like, when you start seeing this evolution and everybody, uh, 
saying crazy stuff. One, some of the crazy stuff I've seen online where people start saying, y'all should be together. Yeah. Where people actually oh, start yeah. saying that. They can't separate it. They can't separate yeah. it. Well, well, That's interesting. It, it is interesting, but also we have to remember some people weren't introduced to DeVal through the Ellis's. Right. Yeah. They were introduced as DeVal through Zach. So right. they yeah. don't know that I have a whole family. Yeah. Because yeah. I do see people say, oh, I wish they would be together in real life. And then people come up like he has a whole yeah. life. It's the Ellis's. And then I see, oh, I didn't know he has a wife. Oh, yeah. their family's gorgeous. Oh, his yeah. wife is yeah. gorgeous. And then, mm-hmm. So I, I like to give people grace when they make those comments. Yes. Yeah. Because sometimes they don't know. Also, I, I've learned to understand that people have gone through things in their life. Yes. Right? And Social media is often the place for them to project all the things that they've gone through in their life. So if they've been triggered by something or if they they feel happy watching something, they want that to be real. Right. So they look at Zatima and they see how Zach and Fatima fight for each other and they're like, I want that type of love. So they root for that type of love all the time, mm-hmm. not realizing that it's just a TV show. Right. And in their minds, it becomes real, even though it's not real, but that's what they're rooting for. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate people for being so invested in the show because Zach and Fatima represent parts of their life that they yeah. want to achieve. So I appreciate it. I don't I don't get too caught up in those comments, you know. Like, yeah, and not... I love that that Deval is a full blown actor now. Yeah. Like twenty years ago I, when he I spoke when that into his he existence literally and you supported it. Spoke it into existence, worked <clears throat> for it, prayed on it. It was just it was just the culmination of things over the years to the point where I was literally in tears. Last October, October 3rd was the day that I sat on his bed and devoured that sandwich. October you know? 3rd, 2002. October 2002. Wow. So this past October, it was a week later. shy, almost 20 years later. 20 years. And Deval, um, I forgot what happened. I think we dropped out you. No, no, we dropped October 10th. Zatima dropped That's what it was. October 10th. October 10th. Come on, 10th. man. Come on, later. man. A week later. And I said, oh my goodness, Deval, mm-hmm. 20 years later, you have your own, own show. show. You yeah. are a working one on the actor. Yeah. He pointed at Martin on TV now we got as a team like it's just yeah it's, it's been quite the ride it's, it's been, been it's been amazing and it's a trip because he pointed at Martin which is the name of the of yeah. him and then there uh-huh. it is you guys a team which is a show by name yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah. which is which is really dope one of the scenes that touched me the most from Sisters is uh, a scene that you had with um, <sighs> Fatima it was such a dope moment because yeah. you were like Pretty much, you got this baby on the way. You got all this other little stuff, yeah, and you yeah, yeah. and you looked at. It, you was like, I just, just pretty much like, just, just, just leave me because yeah. I, I can't, I can't live up to any type of expectation. Yeah. I've, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to keep hurting you. Yeah. And she basically said, "Listen, my threshold haven't been met yet." Right. You know. And I sat there and I said, "I'm not going to cry at this show. This is, a, <laughs> this is a chick show. What am I doing crying at? This is jacked up." I recorded that moment. Yeah. I recorded it because it was such a powerful moment and. Y'all have such powerful moments in the dynamic. One time I actually posted in my story, I said, God, I want the saved and sanctified Fatima. Like I want <laughs> I want a woman like this. Yeah. Cause she's such she she's so yeah. ride or die. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm from the hood. So, you know, I still got a little attachment to that woman yeah. that be uh-huh. like, I go fight a I go fight a woman yeah. on your yeah. behalf. Right. So I kinda like them, still trying to get delivered from that. You but, can get both. <laughs> I get you both. Can get I got both. both. Uh, that's you? That's me. You're, you're praying and slay. Pop off. So let me tell Pray you. and pop off. Let me baby. tell you. A, a funny story. The duality can exist. Let me tell you a funny story. She's the walking fatigue before you. A point in our marriage, we talk about being honest and transparent. Yeah. We were on two completely different, like, Books. It wasn't even pages. Different books. Right? <laughs> different genres. This was, <laughs> in Barnes and Nobles. Okay. Jackson was two. We had we had gotten married. It was like everything was a perfect storm of events. Mm-hmm. I got cut from the NFL. 
still planned a wedding, spent a lot of money on the wedding. I asked Kadeen if she wants a wedding or a home. Kadeen says, I want the wedding. We can live in the apartment. We already own a home, blah, 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 blah. The minute we got married, she sat on the bed and said, I don't want to live here. <laughs> so I felt like how Zach felt in that moment. Yeah. I'm like, dang, I used to be the provider that can give my wife all the things that she didn't have. Yes. Now I find myself not being able to give my wife the things that she desired. Mm. I was down on myself. And then on top of that, when, when you get down on yourself like that as a man, you start to seek validation in other places. That, that was on, me. On top of that, she was working like crazy, and she just had a baby. So our sex life was- Suffering. Terrible. Yeah. Like it was terrible. And we yeah. were having sex, but it wasn't even good sex. It yeah. was just like, oh, you want to have sex? Okay, let's have sex. Right. Yeah. Monotonous. Yeah. My sex drive at that time was way higher than hers. Right. My sex drive is still higher than hers, but after having a child- Physiologically, her yeah, body had changed. Of she course. just wasn't in the mood. Her hormones mm -hmm. were all over the place. Right. I didn't understand it at the time. So I was like, I honestly was like, man, my wife doesn't want me because I'm not the man that I should be. Mm. Like I, I honestly you internalized felt, yeah, I internalized everything. Mm -hmm. I was like, my wife doesn't, well, she doesn't desire me. Like I, I'm not making money. Yeah. She got to go to work. So I started to self-loathe. Yeah. And then in self-loathing, I had to blame somebody. So you know who I blamed? I blamed her. her. Mm -hmm. Right? So there was one point in the marriage. <clears throat> Year two, I said, you know what? I think I need a side chick because you're not giving me what I need sexually yep. and it's making me feel bad and da 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 And Kadeen said, you know what, DeVal? Whatever. Do yep. it. Because at that point, I was just tired of arguing. I was like, yeah. Is that, that's going to make you feel better in this Go moment? And I Go said, ahead, my guy. Yeah, and I said, <laughs> Go ahead. And I said, yo, I'm not saying this. As a threat, I'm, I'm telling about, you what I'm, I, I'm, what I'm about I'm to doing. go do. She said, "If I go ahead, do what you do, what you got to do." Like, did you really I, not care at that moment? I didn't think you were gonna do nothing, <laughs> right? To so, be quite honest, I and, was like, "Oh, this is like a a test." That's what she thought. Yeah. And then, to be honest, it kind of was a test. What I wanted her to say was like, "You're not gonna go get a side chick. I'm I got step you. Up to the yeah, I got you. The things that you need because I'm your wife." And when she said, "Go ahead and do it," I felt like, "Dang, she really don't care that much yeah, about me. Yeah. That she gonna let me go do it. So now I gotta go do it." Yep. So I ended up meeting a girl, we started talking, and we became friends. And I said to her, I said, you know what? We can't have sex because we friends. Like I don't I wanted something transactional yes. so I can do it and throw it away. Yeah. Right. So we became friends and started and talking. And he's not a transactional kind of guy. I just yeah. knew that. Like too, I'm I'm so. big on soul ties and, yeah. and I gotta trust people. We were sleeping in different rooms. Mm -hmm. I'm in the bed, I'm in Jackson's bed. She walks in and she says, um, Hey, what are you about to do? I said, I'm gonna go take Jackson to school and I'm gonna come up. And she said, No, don't worry about it. I'm gonna take Jackson to school and I'm gonna go to work. I said, All right, fine. She said, Yeah, after I leave or, or work, I'm gonna go to that B I T C H's job and whoop her ASS. And I said, What? It was more impactful when you can say the had, word. Yeah, you had, you, had but, it, you had it. You had it planned out. Oh, she yeah. had it planned out. And I said, I got dressed ready matter to go. Fact, just this matter of fact, and pop off. Matter of fact, this is the craziness, mm -hmm. though. I said, so you're going to go to work and whoop her? She said, yeah, I took a shift at her job. She that crazy that she took a shift at her job. I did. So that she knew she was going to be there. Mm -hmm. So that she could fight her at work. Kadeem, tell me this ain't so. Yes, this is so. true, yo. It is so. This is so. You took a shift at her job so you can go beat her up. I sure did. You had it all planned out. I sure did. So I'm like. Talk about impactful, huh? I said, Kadeem. I said, Kadeem, you ain't never been in your fight, uh, fight a day in your life. Who you think you are now? She said, well, I'm going to be in a fight today. today. <laughs> then she walked out the house. And I'm sitting there like, 
How am I in this situation? I told you what I was going to do. You told me, okay, I meet a woman and now... Because you wasn't supposed to go through with it. It was a test, you my know, guy. How you find out where this girl worked? Oh, trust me. Dory Exploring. Re- call call Dory. me Dora, baby. Dora. I had a little backpack, little boots so, next to me. And this how crazy is. We was researching. We was in these streets. She gonna clock in and they gonna beat up. But this is the crazy part. Me and the girl weren't even being intimate. Yeah, you said y'all weren't even doing nothing. We weren't even being intimate. But she didn't like that another woman had my attention. And And in turn, to get back at him, I was seeking attention from somebody else too. So So I'm not. We were both in in a a really messed up place because it was like a tit for tat. But he ain't trying to go beat up your dude. No, I didn't. You want to know why I didn't? Why? Because I don't blame him. I know it. Like that's not his, yeah. he don't owe me anything right. to be his. He don't I have to honor me. <laughs> and if a woman like this is gonna give me attention, I'm gonna be like, okay, F your husband too. Like that like I can't be mad at him. You know right. what I'm saying? Plus right. we realized that the, the anger was displaced. Right. <laughs> After I clocked out of the shift, Plus, I realized. But that. but here's the crazy I part about that. You actually went to work. Yeah, I went to work. Oh, she went there. I, I worked the whole shift too. So this is the funny part, oh, right? God. I'm sitting there and I'm like nervous, like Cops gonna call me, man. My wife gonna be locked up. I'm gonna have to go in there and explain what happened. So I get a phone call, right? It's the girl, right? So I'm like, what's up? She goes, your wife is here. I'm like, where? She's at my job. So I'm like, okay, where are you? She's like, I'm in the back. What am I supposed to do? I said, well, I told you I had a wife. He gonna top flip it. He gonna, he's like, I said, look, I told you what it was. I said, look, I, I told you, look, my wife is a non-violent person. <laughs> All right? Was, y'all, need, y'all can have was. a discussion, right? But I was truthful to you and I was truthful to her, right? Now, the wife I know ain't going to do much. <laughs> But this wife, I don't know. Yeah. Right. We were dealing with a person that nobody knew. I didn't even know me. Okay. The wife I, I was surprising myself. And we, was, we were in our 20s. Like, it was, it was yeah, just so it was young a, and immature and toxic and bad. It was awful. But, but that is how we ended up coming to this point <laughs> of being like, yo, no more am enough I going to not say how I feel or what I need yeah. to my wife be, and expect her to figure out what I'm going through. There it is. Because I created that yeah and she created that by saying you know what i'm not going to be honest i'm going to he got to figure it out or she got to figure yeah. it out nope. mm-hmm. i was telling her i said i felt this way i felt like i was inadequate That's i felt good. like i was less yes. of a man i felt like by you dismissing me during my sexual advances i wasn't worthy of being your husband because yeah. you wanted to be you wanted to be with me right you wanted me to be monogamous but then you dismissed me i felt like i wasn't living up to what i, I needed or what i was supposed to be on top of that I was failing in my purpose. I wasn't protecting and providing for my wife. Yes. So I had my own issues that I was mm-hmm. dealing with and misplacing onto her. And then, yeah. With, and, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was saying, with me, there were so many things happening to, to my body, for example. Like, I had had a baby, and yeah. I'm coming out of having a baby. Had no idea how hormonally I'd be affected. To me, I just felt like I was inadequate as a wife. I was like, oh, well, I clearly don't have the things that he needs, and I'm not successful in this role and I was really second guessing if I was even cut out to be wife material and I'm like wait this was the girl that wanted marriage and aspired to that and wanted children and I'm having all the things I aspire to and it's not all that it's cracked up to be but it's also too because I was looking for affirmation elsewhere and not here when I say God is God is a trip it's, 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 <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. he a trip mm-hmm. because when I tell you 
it's like I'm talking to my past self mm. when I'm when I'm listening to Devour because that's that's what happened to me. It's like I was touring shows across the country. I'm making tens of thousands of dollars a week mm-hmm. as a royalty touring shows, and then I hit this rough spot where not making any money, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize even at that age, at 28 years old, that my value was attached to my income, mm-hmm. and so I had no income. So then I have no value. Thank and, you. And so yes. you get married thinking because we're so enamored and brainwashed by men being a provider <laughs> and then God began to tell me what <clears throat> providing really looks like it didn't it that finally came to me last year what real providing looks like but all up until that point I always felt it was financial yep and so we're always taught you got to get this a woman needs this this yep. this this so when I had that I didn't even want to be married anymore yeah I was like I didn't even deserve to be married That's I was true. like mm-hmm. I don't even deserve a wife I can't even take care of this woman I can't take care of myself yep. and she never looked at me less than but it was yep. self-inflicted and I heard yep. you say that about her before you said she never made me feel less than a man nope. but it's so self-inflicted because we've been so ingrained in our culture in our mindset that we are supposed to be the providers financially. This is how sick the world is, right? A man's value is always associated with how much money he makes. Facts. And a woman's value is always associated with her beauty. Yep. Right? Yep. So when a woman goes through a time where she doesn't feel her best self, and mm-hmm. I learned this about my wife, she had gained a lot of weight with our first child. She got stretch marks. She, she had veins, and she didn't like the way she looked. So when I requested certain things, I like, want you get dressed up for me. It never crossed my mind because yeah. I always felt like she was beautiful. Facts. Even in those imperfections, in those yeah. imperfected moments, yeah. I loved her. Yeah. And I was just like, "What do you mean you don't look good?" I couldn't understand it because I was so self-centered that yeah. I couldn't even see her perspective. And I'm realizing now, as a, a more mature adult, yeah, than I did when I was 25. Like, if you're conditioned that your beauty is your your value. And now you don't feel as beautiful. How could you get dressed up in front of a man that you think is, that that's your husband? You can't. Did I understand that then? Nope. No. Mm-hmm. No. How could I as a man feel strong enough to be a husband if I can't provide? My, my wife now, who was a kept woman when I was in the NFL, has to get on the B44 and go work in a mall. Like, I felt like the lowest yes. of the low. And yes. there's one thing I do. I don't ever make that an excuse. I don't ever say it was okay for me to go out and ask for this. No, I made a choice because I was self-loathing. And yes. I, I, I had to deal with the consequences of that choice. My wife chose to be understanding and give me grace. The same way I chose to be understanding and give her grace. Mm-hmm. And through that time, we sat down afterwards and said, yo, never again in our marriage never again. will we not speak about how we feel and what we need. Yes. And that's what allowed us to be so vulnerable mm-hmm. on black love. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we had already been so vulnerable with each other. Right. And then once I told her everything I felt and I wasn't judged by the woman that I'm living my life with for feeling less than a man. And she was like, but Deval, you don't you don't have to make all the money all the time. And, all, and it was just like, I don't. No. Once I wasn't feeling judged anymore, Freedom. it allowed me to be free. I could yeah. be open with whoever. Yep. Anybody out there, and we, we just spoke on The Breakfast Club. I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm going to set yeah. you up for that because I saw that interview, and this is what gets on my last nerve. It, 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 it talks about how broken we are as a culture, and I hope I'm leading you into what you're about to say. 
people will call you a simp because mm-hmm. you over here mm-hmm. loving your yeah. wife mm-hmm. on the levels that she's supposed to be loved. Mm-hmm. Then they'll call her some submissive, submissive yeah. weak woman because she's serving you. What do you think marriage is supposed to be about? <laughs> like, listen, what, what, we over me. That's yeah, what the book says, we y'all. Over me. Literally, Literally, we over me. Like, what, what, what is it? Tell me, because I we, we going there. Mm-hmm. What in the world is wrong with our culture to where what a husband and a wife are supposed to be. You're supposed to submit ye one to another. Yes. Y'all are actually doing that. Mm-hmm. Putting her before your own knees. She's yeah. putting you before her knees. Mm-hmm. But somehow y'all are doing something wrong. Something wrong. Yeah. Hus- we didn't have that figured out all the time. Because for a long time, a devout had said to me one morning, he was like, and this is when it clicked to me, right? He was like, when you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you think about? I said, well, open my eyes, thank God for another day. And then I'm like, all right, well, what do I got to do for the day? The kids have this, that, the third. I got to do this, that, and the third Mm -hmm. work. Um, Everything else in between, all my errands I have to run. Uh, Why? And he was like, so where do I fall in the list of things that you think of? Mm -hmm. I said that to her. And I was like, New Year's Eve, 2020. I was like, and that was like a gut punch to me because I was like, wow, I'm really out here covering all these bases but the one base that always holds me down, mm-hmm. how dare me? And at that moment, I said, never again will I do that. That's good. So now it's a thing where when we wake up in the morning or even before we go to bed at night, we'll have a little recap of the day. What do you have going on tomorrow? You wake up in the morning, babe, how are you feeling? How's your spirit? How you, you know, what do you need help with today? What can I take off your plate to alleviate a little bit of stress mm-hmm. or a little bit of confusion or something? And it could be something so simple. He's just like, yo, I'm going to be on the road all day. Can you pack me lunch? Like mm-hmm. something simple. Yeah. And then by me taking the time to be invested in what he needs in that moment it frees up time in his schedule or even just yeah. the desire to want to reciprocate that yeah. and, it, and and it fireproofs your marriage because at the end of the day the very thing that was trying to attack y'all early on which is him not feeling valued by you mm-hmm. not feeling worthy to be with you mm-hmm. now you're saying i'm prioritizing you in the moment and vice it. versa yeah. and it's like Oh, we you're showing me every single day yeah. that I matter in your life. Because yeah. for a long time I was looking at him like, Val, we have three, now we have four kids. Yeah. We have a work schedule. Our manager has you know things lined up for us. I always expected him to just understand. Shout out to y'all dope manager over there. So dope. <laughs> you know? in the background. <laughs> Bodega seven all day, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I, I just expected for him to just be an adult and understand, like, bro, you know we got a lot going on. Why can't you just have the foresight to know like did you like something's gotta wait. We got Wait. And and we don't gotta take that as men. Right. Yeah. We, we've and that been was wrong of me. to take that. Yeah. And that's why the suicide rate amongst Talk about men it. in America is like five times higher than black women men. Because we we are expected to just be, be silent, okay. deal with it, and just be okay. Yep. Yep. The moment I stopped saying to myself, I'm gonna just be okay and let stuff roll off my shoulders, the, the moment I became a better person. Yes. Teach. Because I also then realized Teach. that my value is not in providing financially. Nope. I've been able to provide for my wife spiritually, emotionally, and being there for her. The funny thing is be, being there for her in that way and not focusing so much on how much money I made and just being present allowed her to be present for me and I ultimately made more money anyway. Right. You know what I'm saying? Val, I got to talk. I got to testify. So I was dating mm-hmm. this woman that made mm-hmm. more money than I could ever see. You mm-hmm. know, she, she, she made a bunch of money. And uh, I... W- I never even thought about the kind of money that she made mm-hmm. until I started thinking about it one time. And I said, I can't do nothing for this woman. But yeah. this woman was liking mm-hmm. me. She was loving me and this. And I said, oh, I got this. I got to end this. 
I said, there, no. there's nothing I can. I said, mm-hmm. I can't. This this ain't working. Mm-hmm. I said, I gotta sabotage money. this. I, I woke yep. up the next morning. I said, God, oh, I got to end this. Yep. And then and then uh, God said, why? And then I said, because I'm a provider. I can't really provide yep. for her. He said, did you provide for your uh, your ex wife? I said, I did. Yeah, I made sure that everything <laughs> yeah. was taken care. I paid for this and this 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 this. I started naming. He said, but what if I told you you still wasn't a provider? He mm-hmm. said, I said, well, I mean, that wouldn't make sense. I, I, I was a provider. He said, you didn't provide safety. You didn't provide mm-hmm. uh, fidelity. You didn't provide peace. You didn't find. Yep. He started naming mm-hmm. all the intangible stuff that was yep. outside of the intangible, monetary. And it. so I said, he said, what you are providing for this woman that you're dating at the time, that's what she needs. She don't need no money. She, she needs the stuff that Absolutely. people are very rarely, that what people rarely give. That's Absolutely. what she needs. Mm-hmm. And I said, Okay. And I had a conversation where I said, listen, I was going to end this with you today. <laughs> but I had a conversation with God while I was driving down I was about down to vote you off the yeah, island. You, you voted off. And she's like, what did I do? And I was just like, nothing. you make too much money. I was like, <laughs> I said, I ain't nothing I can do for you. I can't even pay for your your, 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 your lawn to get cut. You just like, make too much money. Listen, Mama yeah. Warbucks, it ain't going to fly over here. I said, it ain't going to fly. It's, it's a wrap. But mm-hmm. I'm glad that you pointed that out. Is the fact that we have been so conditioned that our value is based upon money. Mm-hmm. Why is because you see it on social media, you hear about the red bottles and this yeah. person, this mm-hmm. whatever, and, and taking trips and flying out over yeah. whatever. But to say that if you get a man that is ten toes down for you, that loves you, that's mm-hmm. gonna provide you security. One of my first videos that went viral is saying the number one needs of a woman is to feel safe. Absolutely. And and, and and what I did is I backdoored the video because everybody's like, oh, this guy's so amazing, protect him at all costs. I said, no, let me tell y'all, I don't want to get all these props. I want to tell you how I got there by making a woman not feel safe. See, that, see, and see, that's not, accountability. My bad, baby. That's yeah. Right. That's that's what's important because Kadena and I often do this. Yeah. Right? A lot of people, when sometimes we get some backlash when people say, oh, they overshare. I said, I can't overshare, right? What we've been given is a gift. Yes. Right? Once you, be, you, you didn't earn this gift. Teach. Mm-hmm. God gave you the gift. Mm-hmm. Right? Teach. Gifts come in many forms. It may be a talent. It may be a moment. It mm-hmm. may be an experience. But it's a gift that God gave you. And you have one inalienable right with that gift, and that's to share it. Talk mm-hmm. about for it. For you to hold that gift to yourself, you're not doing God's will. Teach. And you're not doing anything for your purpose. Teach. So when we have these moments, I can't just say... I came to this this, <laughs> this, I, revelation. this revelation because I'm nowhere. so much greater than yeah. all of the other men you've ever dated in your life. <laughs> and you, Look at and me. you've ever dated. Right, and I you, am the king you, of accountability. No, I got here because I had messed up yes. so much yes. that I finally realized in all of the mess ups, like, yo, Deval, you can't keep doing this. Teach. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I like telling it that way is because there are other men out here who are messing up. Talk and about if it. these men mess up and they feel like, dang, I'm not perfect like DeVal. Yeah. I'll never be perfect. Why Why keep trying? Yeah. You're eliminating the possibility for them to find their own revelation. Talk about no, it. No, keep trying. Mm-hmm. Keep trying to be better. Make yeah. a mistake. Fall down 10 times, get up 11. Talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and that's really why for us, it's important for us to tell people the whole story. Yeah. No, so many people are just like you're gonna talk about infidelity, you're gonna talk about money problems, you go, you're gonna talk about unplanned mm-hmm. pregnancies. Yes, you wanna know why we're gonna talk about that? Because we went through it. That talk means about it. even today. though we went through it, we still here. Still here. Like, and when I mean here, this this woman, we be on we've been on tour for what, two weeks now? Mm-hmm. We sit next to each other on the bus. She lays on me. She sleeps on me. We randomly kiss each other. And people be like, y'all really still like each other. <laughs> Our crew is over us, all right? Yes. They be like, y'all really, like, y'all really y'all. like each other? 
like, yes. I'm like, he was like, why are you petting your wife? I just look at her sometimes. I'm like, it's my he best friend. He's trying to friend. make sure my weave tight, y'all. It's all right. I, I do. I, was I, sure I gave tight, him the warning. I'm like, listen, we can't handle casualties over here. But no, I, I just no, love this woman. Yeah. I do. And I, I hear so many stories of married couples, and I've seen it with yeah. my own eyes, mm-hmm. where it's like, man, we've been 10 years no more. We don't celebrate Valentine's Day. We don't do nothing. We don't have sex. Right. We don't like each other. She's so sleeping in one room, he's sleeping in another room. Yeah. I'm like, what? Why? Why would you want it like that? And you know how many people come to us and say, oh my God, girl, what was your prayer? Because I needed a vow. Yeah. Or like, oh my God, how'd you get your Kadeen? And I was like, listen, this is 20 years in the making, y'all. And they don't All realize right? it. You don't realize it. Read our yeah. little Brooklyn love story. Because they were tapped out early on. Oh, yeah. They tapped out year two. Oh, for tapped sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially as fickle as people are nowadays. Yeah. Like they're so turned off by the littlest thing. It's yeah. like, no. This you got to put the work in, man. Right in this book, I said to Gadino on our way home, we did the audio version as well. We voiced mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I was listening to that yesterday. And we're talking back and forth. And I remember driving on the phone and I said, you know what? Sometimes I, I listen to what we say and I don't know why you were with me when I was 25. <laughs> I can't figure it out. Because she was 25. She had the, when she was the same age and she had that same brain as working Literally. With she just said, trying to figure it out. One day she was she was crying, right? And I was just like, what's the matter with you? Like, what's, you know, she was just like, well, when I think about it, we got married. All I focused on was the wedding. Mm-hmm. She said, I never even thought about the marriage. And now she says, I realized how selfish that was. Mm-hmm. And you were still trying to give me everything that I wanted, even though I was being selfish. She was just like, I just realized that I was being a brat and I don't know how you put up with all of that stuff. And it's funny Mm -hmm. for us to both be accountable, you know, because I think accountability is the biggest thing that's lacking in this world. Yes. Talk about it. And it's easy for people to, yeah, to point the finger. Mm -hmm. I'm like this because my parents destroyed me. (laughs) You know, generational traumas. I'm like this because my parents (laughs) were so terrible. My upbringing. And then my my boyfriends or my girlfriends made me this way, so that's why I'm a vulture. No, be accountable. Yeah. What didn't you do in your life that Mm -hmm. could have changed the trajectory in your life to make you a better person? Yeah. I've taken on the accountability and that part of it is being an athlete yeah. and saying to Val, if, I wanna, if, if you want to be the best version of yourself for this woman, for your kids and for yourself, most importantly, you got to make changes and you got to open your eyes. And I've been also on her about being more accountable because, mm-hmm. you know, there's this big thing going on social media now where women ain't accountable. Women don't oh, like accountability. Yeah, yeah. You hear that all the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. Women, and, and let's be honest. Can we blame women? For walking in the conditions that we have all created through the patriarchy, oh, right? Sure did. If you have a if you have a son, your son falls down. It's get up, don't cry. Yep. Your daughter falls down. The first you do is grab her. Who pushed you, poo poo? I watch it. <laughs> she fell on her own, but your first thing is who pushed you? And then they cry. Oh, it's right. so and so. And now then, your knees skin, so your knees aren't perfect falls. anymore. And it's like you're not Yo, gonna look good anymore. You're gonna be perfect. I've watched this. I've watched this play out with my niece. Lisa, who pushed right? you? My niece fell. My father, right, who who raised two boys and my sister, right? Yeah. My niece falls on her own. He goes, oh, poo-poo, who pushed you? She just points. She just points at my uh, my brother. And he goes, oh, Uncle Brian pushed you? Mm. Yeah, and he's playing yeah, like, Uncle oh, Brian. Yeah. So now she's laughing, right? But yeah. what you're teaching her yeah, is blame that somebody. blame somebody. And we right. do this yeah. And it's like, sis, walk straight. Walk straight. Right. <laughs> it was you. And then when she becomes an adult and she's doing the same behavior that we've coached her to. Yeah. And then we're just like, why don't you have accountability? Uh, Because the men in her life told her she didn't have to be accountable. Teach. They were going to take care of everything for her. Mm. And that's when I started to like just do history and be like you know what I'm not blaming women 
for issues that we have also created. Yeah. The also way I'm not going to continuously blame myself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give myself grace Talk for some about of the it. things that happened, but I will be accountable for the things that I can change. Yes. Man, let me tell you something. Uh, as, we continue, as we begin to wrap this up, what was so dope that I see about y'all that we don't see a lot of is that y'all built this beautiful empire together. Mm-hmm. Most of the time we're so, uh, like I said, you want to find the man that already got the bag mm-hmm. and then it's the easy path. Mm-hmm. But what, see, when people look at couples like y'all and be like, I want that, they don't understand the process before the promise. They don't understand that the reason why y'all like this Mm -hmm. is because it was blood, sweat, and tears. It was moments that, it was a beautiful story that that you talked about on um, Tamara Hall show where you was talking Mm -hmm. about how um, um, she was going to work and she was catching the bus uh, and she was like, I'm going to do this. You said, I, I'm going to start this new business or whatnot. Yep. Yep. And she said, hey, I'm going to go work. She didn't say, hold on, I ain't going to go work. You, I, Hold on, I ain't going to go do this. She <laughs> nope. said, all right, let me go do what I got to do. And nope. she went on. You let know me, what I'm saying? There's nothing plan. like having a teammate, man. Boy. The 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 plan, I literally, she she says, plus a lot of people say, Deval, you're the greatest manifesto we've ever seen. Everything you say you want to do, you get it done, right? Two reasons. Number one, I don't believe in failure. The only time you fail is when you quit. Talk so about yeah, it. I've manifested it because I said it's gonna happen. I didn't say when. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep <laughs> doing it. Time. I'm gonna keep doing it until it happens. And then once it happens, everybody say, You said it. Yeah, but y'all ain't seen me fail five times trying to do it. Yes. But along that way, right, there were times where we had to shift who was gonna be responsible for what. Yeah. Right. So when I first came back from the NFL, I wasn't making any money. I lost money in the stock market, lost money in real estate. Real estate, yeah. And I was still trying to figure out how to pay the bills. Plus, start the next business venture. Yeah, I said to Kay, she said, "This is her words." How? Because I said to her, "I said, you know, babe, I promise you." By the time I got cut, there were three of my friends who signed five-year, twenty-five million dollars deals, bought no. mansions. So these are the people that I played ball mm-hmm. with, who we grew up with, and now they're all living these lavish lifestyles. And we had to move back to our apartment in Brooklyn, my mm. grandmother's apartment. And I looked at this beautiful kept woman over here who could have easily, in her 20s, said, got, got I'm going one. to find me a ball player. Yeah. All-Star Weekend's coming <laughs> right, up. Right. We outside. She, she could have easily said streets. that. No, she could have easily <laughs> said that. I'm going to bag another one. <laughs> because some, some women, that's their choice. They don't exactly. to chase the, the, the fight that's lifestyle what they, to yeah. find mm-hmm. it. The yep. guaranteed money contract. That's what they always do. I said to her, I said, I promise you, I'm going to get us back to where we were when I was playing ball. She always said to me, I know. How are we going to do it? I said, the first thing we need right now is insurance. Because when you get cut in the NFL, if you're not a vested player, you don't get yeah. insurance. So she was like, well, if I go work at the mall and I get a full-time job at the wall, I get insurance. I could put you on my insurance. So she's like, bet, I'll go do that. I said, you do that. By the time you get, she was working at the mall. I'll never forget a Thanksgiving where this is when Black Friday became so big that People get on the on. nights, no, no, not even the trample, the not night even, of Thanksgiving, yeah. they were opening stores the night of Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, like yeah, midnight. yeah. Midnight. And they be standing in line. Know, and she shopping, had to leave yeah. to go work retail. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I hate the fact that my wife has to do this. And I said, yo, give me three months. And I promise you, you will not be working real estate. I'm going to book a commercial. I'm going to get SAG and I'm going to get the insurance. She said, I know. And then cried because she had to leave me and Jackson, our one-year-old son at the time. To go to work. Thanksgiving to go to work. Mm -hmm. And I watched her cry. She put her freaking head in my... I'll never forget. She put her forehead in my chest. And I was about to cry. But I didn't want to cry and send her to work. We were at her parents' house. So I'm holding the tear back. She's 
I could feel the wetness on my shirt from her crying. She's like, Deval, I hate this. She leaves. The tears fall for me. Jackson is there. I'm watching my wife get in the car and go off. And I say, I am going to book a commercial and become SAG so my wife don't got to do this. When I tell you so said, so done, in three months, I had booked two national commercials. We needed, I think it was 15. It was, no, it was like $3,964 is what we needed to qualify. For SAG. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know oh, how to yeah. down yeah. to the dollar yeah. amount. Yeah. yeah. And the month was coming up. The quarter was about to end. And we're walking to our mailbox. Mm-hmm. I opened the mailbox. Baby stroller, laundry, <laughs> groceries. Everything. Like we After circling for parking outside. Oh, man. Man, I opened up the mailbox. I'm like, oh, I got a residual check from a commercial. The residual check was for like $3,970-something. And Kadeen looked at Almost me. Almost down to the and dollar. Was like, can you believe this? God, I said, like, call side right now. Tears. Tell them that we tears. can qualify for this insurance. <laughs> and I said, then you take yourself to work the next day and tell them you will no longer be a full-time employee. Mm-hmm. And she's, she said to me, she said, are you sure? You, you think I can do it? I said, baby, we've had faith in each other all of this time. I said, I got you, right? She said, yeah. The next day she went in there, she said, I got <clears> two weeks because I won't be a full-time employee. And then I told her, I said, you know, if you cut back to part-time, start taking on personal clients, you'll make two times the money mm-hmm. as you were making for that mall. So said, so done. Every yep. time she sacrificed for me, she made more money. Every time I sacrificed for her, I made more mm-hmm. money. And every time we sacrificed for each other, we made more money. That's That's been our testimony, and that's <laughs> why we're willing to share and not care what people have to say about the sharing, mm-hmm. because we know what the testimony means. Like This right here is my dog. I, I, I'm telling you right now, <laughs> people will say this. I will die for this woman. Yeah. I will go to jail for this woman. Yeah. Mike, like, clearly, was no, I will too. There, yeah, she, clearly, clearly. Clearing up people's stores and whatnot. Clearly, she will. But this is divine, bro. It is. It is. This this was God. God. People God. Time, how did you get this? What did you? I don't know. Yeah. Don't God, know. Let, God yeah. is working through us now. Yeah. I don't know the answer. When I tell you, know? you I'm trying everything in my power and I just break down crying, listen to y'all. Aww. Because that's what this whole podcast is. It's my journey. It's my mm-hmm. it's me doing the healing work so that I can show up as the best version mm-hmm. of myself with, when God that. blessed me with my future wifey. And it's like, and I and that's what I look at when I saw y'all. I saw y'all when y'all got this beautiful house. I celebrated yeah. with y'all. You know, I yeah. watch y'all when y'all have the birth of y'all's kids. I mm. celebrate with y'all. So every milestone in y'all's life, I celebrate with y'all. Thank along you with that. every with millions of other folks yes. celebrating with so. y'all. Yes. It's because we see it where it's not perfect. It's never gonna be perfect, right. but it's purposeful. Yes. And so what so beautiful about what y'all have that I don't have to tell y'all to protect it because y'all already do, but to protect this beautiful thing that God has done in y'all's life mm-hmm. because y'all 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 like two peas in a pod. Y'all just Literally. work. Y'all Thank work you. so Thank well you. together. And, there's and he always... wouldn't get out my pod if I asked him to anyway. You know, <laughs> I, I love I'm it like, that so like, you like, like get your I love that pod. There's a lot of moments in that pod. In that pod. You know, some moments, you know. Well, uh, you, you want to say this? Are you about to say something? Sorry, just to wrap up because I know we got to go but just you said something so profound just now and it said that you're here doing the work to be the best version of yourself that you can be for your future wife right and that's mm-hmm. what we talk about the counter
counterintuitive approach is literally that you're not thinking of oh I can find this person that had that checks this box and she yeah. can do that and she makes mm. this and she can have that and she can get me this you're doing the work yes. to make sure you're going to be a whole happy individual to then share Facts. and be of service to someone and that's the approach I think more people need to take to marriage so you're doing a good job so yes, I appreciate it well one yes, thing sir. I want to say because you know I got to go ahead and see other people who've interviewed y'all before this moment they haven't interviewed this version of y'all this mm. version of y'all is New York Times best selling ah, uh, you know, I'm the first to interview the New York Times. This is history. Okay. You are. Yeah, Thank yeah. You. I was like, oh so you know, goodness. you know, it's a different version of y'all. Y'all in a different yes. level of air. It's, it's a different vibe now. Yeah, Don't yeah. look me in the eye now. Right now. <laughs> you know, cost your the, money. How does the money. air smell up there? How does oh, it smell? Oh my goodness, it's, <laughs> it's divine. Different. It's divine. divine. Well, the sun shines warmer up here. It's cold in Texas, not up here. But not up here. It is 75 degrees and sunny up here. I'm out here laid out tanning with a little mai tai in my hands, my rum and coke. <laughs> nah, oh, if, if I'm being honest, wow. it still hasn't sunk in. It really hasn't yeah. yet. Because we literally got the news right before our Houston Deadass podcast live show. Yeah. So it was almost like, oh my God, here's some good news. Now and we got to go entertain the crowd. <laughs> and then we were celebrated last night at our Dallas show or our DFW show because it was a debate between yeah. Dallas and Arlington. <laughs> yes. We ain't going to go there. But yeah. you were celebrated. A friend of mine brought a nice cake out. It was just a beautiful moment. But he and I felt like we haven't even had a chance to soak yeah. in and absorb it. Like I, I'm due for an ugly cry. Yeah. Okay. Because I just not, can't believe not, the That's moment. not no easy feat. You know, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's 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 all God, but it's the hard work oh, that y'all have done. Yes. It's the it's the like I said, the tears. No one will ever know what it felt like in that little mm -hmm. old apartment. How y'all were oh, sitting, holding hands, believing yes. for moments <laughs> like baby, this, man. and when y'all celebrating getting this amazing house that it started because y'all were so in seas in each other. And that's why I say that what we need to focus more on. The Bible says that one can chase away a thousand demons, and two can set ten thousand demons to flight. Mm -hmm. So what's so powerful about what you guys are able to accomplish is that y'all can do 10 times more than to what. Get, yes. Yeah, because at the end yes. of the day, it's because y'all have come together in unity. And and what's so beautiful about it, there's nothing that can stop y'all because y'all are aligned with each other. Y'all mm -hmm. understand each other's purpose. Y'all are joined together for this cause. And y'all just winning together. We are. And, and, and as long as we continue to fight against each other, we'll never have what people say relationship goals where they yeah. look at y'all's relationship and the only thing I never try to say oh that's relationship goals because sometimes I may not be able to go through what it is that y'all went through to Absolutely. get there Absolutely. Uh, but what I do say is that the love is a relationship goals the commitment is a relationship goals the support of each other is relationship goals the I don't care what people got to say about us it's us against yeah. the world is relationship goals it's the fact that, that y'all look you. at people and you say I'm going to serve you the best way I know how Deval and I'm going to serve you the best way I know how Kadeem mm -hmm. that's relationship goes. And so this book, it's so easy for this book to become a New York Times bestseller. Why? It's because y'all lived what this book represents. Absolutely. Oh, these these are that. our stories. These are our stories. And, Literally. And I appreciate those words. Thank you. Um, you try to make me cry. I'm <laughs> me too. Cry. I'm like, don't do it. <clears throat> I'm not gonna cry. You ain't gonna cry. You ain't gonna cry. I see what you're trying to do. I see what you're trying to do. I'm not gonna. Get the tissue box over here. I see you see it right. I'm, I'm fighting. I'm fighting. You, you went and put your arm yes. around. You kissed on the forehead. Sure I'm trying to do everything not to cry. You over here like squeezing my hand. Like, yo, eyes getting pink. This Love is um, I, this is our first interview as New York Times bestsellers and. That book is really our story. There's yeah. some things in there we've never talked about in the internet. We didn't talk about on Black Love. We didn't talk about on our podcast. 
And I just, I feel so blessed to have a partner. Yes. That I can be my authentic self with. There it is. Like, you have no idea what it means to wake up in the morning and have an idea. And be like, babe, I want to do this. And she'd be like, okay, let's go. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like it's yeah. it and it's you it's so free. And vice versa, yeah. It's so free. And mm-hmm. and also, even in that level of service, I thought as a man, it was like, I'm gonna provide. I'm not cooking, I'm not cleaning, I'm not doing this, I'm gonna provide. <laughs> man, I come home and them, them kids, Daddy, can you grill? And she tired. I'm like, baby, just chill. I got it. I'll make dinner. I'll I'll grill. Uh, the house be dirty, they be spilling stuff. I'm like, I'm in there cleaning. Yeah. And it's all to be a part of the plan. The bigger, the plan, bigger plan has to be bigger than you. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like I had all these dreams as a as a single person to be bigger than Will Smith. Yeah. And bigger than The Rock. And that's always been my dream. And that's still my dream. Yeah. But it's like I'm going to accomplish my dream through this process. Hold on. You, know you gonna I mean? accomplish it what? Through this process. Like <sighs> it's us. It's always gonna be us. You never gonna see me somewhere. And not see this woman here. It's it's never gonna happen. Like yeah. it's just it's not gonna happen, y'all. I can't even I can't even fathom my life without her. And it just feels amazing. And you wouldn't even enjoy it without her. Yeah. I wouldn't. Because Same. the thing about it's it is so because because the foundation has already been set. Y'all shared these intimate moments early on. Mm-hmm. This is a lot of years in the making where every time you talk about a dream, you always say, She said, I know. Always, literally, with always. A smile. I'm like, I know. Even with, even with the book, me. Yeah. with the book. Okay, who, okay. Let's go talk about that. Who came up with the idea to do the book? So, we have a friend named Rainy in college, and she hit me up in a DM one day. She was like, "Hey, my husband is an attorney and an agent at CAA, and he has, you know, an opportunity for you." So I'm like, "Okay, what's the opportunity?" He gets on the phone. He's just like, "Yo, I have some publishers who are interested in a book deal," and I was just like, yo, you want to write a book? She was like, no. I don't write a book. She's like, <laughs> I was it, like, no. yeah. I'm always a skeptic. I'm, yeah, not, she I'm, is. Like, I'm like the one that's just like, no. And what this, do we got to do? And then this is, the, this is the power of trust, right? I was like, listen, if we write a book, right, it'll give us a different type of platform. There it is. You mm-hmm. want to be a daytime TV show yep. host, right? That's mm-hmm. the, that's the door. We started with the podcast. We write a book. We're going to be a New York Times bestseller. Yeah. And I said he that to her. He literally said that. And then she and was, was just like, like, New York Times bestseller? Us? <laughs> I was like, I mean, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's how she looks. She's like, <laughs> I guess we can write our little story down. <laughs> a Brooklyn love story. A Brooklyn you know? love story. That, and that was, that the, was title, the working the title. title. A Brooklyn love story. Yeah. A Brooklyn love story. And I told her the plan. And I was like, this is what it is. And of course, our manager, Denora, she'd be getting her numbers correct. She'd be telling us what we need. Yeah. But even before that, when we had our initial meeting with Denora years ago, we made a list of things, Five that, things. that we wanted Want to, to, accomplish. to accomplish, right? And I don't remember if we had like a time frame, but it was kind of like, we can foresee having this. And we had five things. Was um, a book on it? One was um, a brand, social media brand deals, mm-hmm. like seven-figure social media brand Ooh, deals. Yes, Lord. Book, podcast, movie, TV shows, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Those are the five things. Mm-hmm. Five years now. We have a New York Times bestselling book, a Webby Award-winning podcast. We do seven figures in brand deals. I just booked my first leading role in a Netflix movie, and I'm up. Well, I already have my own You're TV, a TV show. show. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, and it's like, so you have some bonuses. Yeah, some bonuses. Like, some stuff you forgot to put. I'm all for real. For real. And it's all been like mm. this. Like this, is what we're gonna do together? We, no machine behind us. Yeah. No big company yep. that's just we like own everything. This is yep. what the Ellisers are gonna do, and we're gonna put them here. And no, <laughs> mm-hmm. it was like, how are we gonna do it? Out the mud. 
with the, with the people. That makes it so much sweeter with, yeah, the, does, with the team it? that's been around us doesn't for years. It, like Josh, our video and and, and photographer, he's there. Josh Cole in the mug. I've seen this Josh Cole. Josh Cole in the mug. I mean, who's your photographer? Shout out to Josh. He shot out he be doing both shoot. of them, huh? Yep. Engagement pictures. Y'all engagement yeah. photos, dope. Y'all, this Chris, is, everything. Y'all. This is the power of manifestation and how We Over Me isn't just about being just a couple. Us. Josh told me his ideas and dreams about wanting to direct movies and TV. So he was just like, man, I, I, I'm good at photography. And Josh was, I think, at one point was top two mm-hmm. in like wedding photography. Wedding photography yeah. in, in his, like, that's what he yeah. does. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, this is good. I make, I make good money, but I want to do this. So I said, let's do it. Yeah. And he was like, what you mean? I said, yo, well, I got ideas. I got content. You need to start shooting it the way you want to direct so people can see you in that light. Teach. And for years, this was mm-hmm. Josh. Ah, I don't know. I'm scared I'm this. And I used to force him I used to be like Bro I need this video cut And I need you to do it Yeah He like bro I say yo You got a week Cut it Yeah it. I'll pay you for it Yeah And now He's a full time <laughs> Like director He directs all of our content Yeah um, His assistant Matt who was one of my clients when I was training in the gym? I used to tell Matt all the things I was gonna do. Mm-hmm. And I he used to train him day. while he was trying to lose weight. And now Matt is in shape, but Matt is working in his purpose and doing the things That's he wanted to do. That's what I'm talking about. Denora was working at a company, and Denora was saying, like, one day I want to quit and have my own firm. Now she got a firm, Bodega 7, with tons of clients who are all living in their dream and their mm-hmm. purpose. That's what I'm talking about. And she's the CEO of that company. But we all did this. We, That's over me, it was about. a team. Yes. Like it was never, and we say this all the time, we don't have employees that work for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The people, yeah. They, these are all our partners. That's right? what I'm about From the partners. makeup artist to Cherie mm-hmm. who does our styling, all of these people are our partners and it's we. Yes. We come together it's and create a, a vision for, for everybody to win. A victory for so everyone. So we're not just New York Times bestsellers for... Josh is now a New York Times best-selling photographer because he shot the cover for our book. Yes. Cherie styled us for that book. There that it is. stuff they can put on their resume. Facts. Janelle did the hair. Right. Nelly did, did the, the makeup. makeup. Yeah. These are all people who was with us in that apartment where we were like, yo, listen, guys. So we're gonna do social media <laughs> videos. And now look. Yes. Now look. Yes. Started from the bottom. Now, now we're here. Yeah. Facts. And Facts. we have a ways to go. We do I got feel a ways like to this go. is just scratching the surface. Shoot, I want to manifest that. There's Man, more to come. listen, y'all know my podcast followers, they support when I have somebody on talking about a book, they go out and buy it like crazy. Really? Like I, oh, I mean it's I it's, it's the it's some of the biggest support. A lot of authors, they be like, what is Yo, yo, followers, they just buy up stuff. I'll be like, that's just what they do. Uh, And so they're going to... Make sure y'all stay on the New York Times bestselling list. Oh, we appreciate that. Uh, yeah. No, we yeah, appreciate because it's that a weekly so thing. So we're gonna make sure that they stay up there yes, uh, for as many weeks as possible. So yeah. it's like I want y'all to stay up there, like just history of that bad boy to be like, they've been on here for 52 weeks. Oh no, man, I, I received that. that. Oh, I was, you I know, gonna... The competitor in us were like, all right, so what do we have to do to stay <laughs> yeah, there now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just want to stay there. Let's see how long it's we can It's cozy already, up there. I was already with y'all. I was like, okay, they got it. All right, we're gonna keep them up there. You know what I'm saying? That's what's up. And so that's what it's about. So any parting words before I go ahead and dismiss y'all? Because I, um, I've you. been asking, but listen, I've been. I told God before, y'all manifestation. This season of my podcast is called Manifestation Miracles and Manifestations. Mm. I manifested y'all coming here, Look and I said, I said I want them on my podcast. I told Whitney that. I said, I, caught, I well, we caught his attention. I said, because he done shared the content, mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to sit back and wait. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, Denora sent me that email. I said, oh, just go well, ahead and keep being led by the Lord. Yes. Denora's been a fan of your podcast before the Whitney clip. Mm-hmm. She told me that. She, yeah, she, she's mm-hmm. been a fan of your podcast. You know, Denora is a very 
a spiritual person, she only puts us around the energy that she thinks is going to be yes. good for us. That's yes. good. So even when she told us, you want to be Very on a Dear Future Wifey's podcast, I was like, heavens yeah. yes. I was about to say something else. <laughs> heavens yes. But Sign us up. Just the, the energy around it is just oh, for so sure. great. Yeah, yeah, man. It's That's all a shout God. out to you. No, what you've been I was going to say create. that. Sure. And um, the work that you're doing, especially yes. for, for black men who are out here being deliberate about finding their queen. You know, mm-hmm. like that's that's part of it. You know, there's so much blame game about who's wrong with you no know, it's how about you do the work on yourself and stop blaming other people. Work on you. You know what I'm saying? To watch you sit up here and work on yourself and be accountable for the mistakes you made and be honest mm-hmm. is gonna give a light to a lot of a young lot black of men people. to feel like, oh, so I'm not just the only one. There yes. it is. But that's kudos to you. Yes. My parting words to you would be thank you. Yes. Thank you for being of service to our community. Mm-hmm. And being of service to the world, we yeah. appreciate it. And thank you, you for this space and the words that you've impressed on us, particularly the yes. end. Of, because there are many days too when Deval and I, I'm, or particularly me, because I'm the one that be one toe in, one toe out. Some days, but some days I just feel like I just don't want to share anymore. Like I just want to kind of go into a hole and just disappear and raise my kids and not yeah. even have to worry about things because you know ebbs and flows of life. And I understand. But then we have moments like these, yeah, where I get that further confirmation to just not stop. Talk about it, baby. When I say Talk it's powerful it, because the light that's radiating from y'all is like, it's, it's so inspirational. And that's why I said the reason why I wanted y'all here is because I wanted y'all to pour into me. Because what I desire so much is, is that woman that says, okay, mm-hmm. have a dream <laughs> yeah. of doing this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Have a dream of doing this. Let's okay. Do yeah. Let's do it. That right there is unstoppable it is. because the vision that God has given me, I already know I cannot accomplish it by myself. Mm. I know that I can only operate at a certain level right. as a single man. Right. Mm. Because if that's if, if that weren't the case, then what would she why would I need a helpmate? Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, I don't need no help. I, I don't need you. I can right. do it on my own. And I know my own deficiencies. I know what it is that my wife will bring to this table mm-hmm. and that I will bring to her that will allow me to operate on levels I couldn't even imagine. Absolutely. Where you get those bonuses like you just got. You're Absolutely. like, I didn't even put a TV show. I was, I was on <laughs> sisters. I thought that was good enough. What? Y'all done gave me a whole spin-off show. Right, right. Like, no, what absolutely. Is this? I yes. know you didn't think y'all was gonna have a spin-off show. Yes. No, when I, when I first got sisters, there was nothing in my mind thinking I'm going to get my own TV show mm-hmm. until I sat down with Crystal and we started working. I was just like, you know, they're going to love us, right? <laughs> you know, like I was like, you know, and then I said, I was, uh, the like, first I, day, I was like, we're going to get a spinoff. And then Tyler, who is a savant in his own right, yep. walks by while we're studying before our scene. We're, we're sitting on the bed, get ready to do our scene. He walks by. And this is before Twitter. Zatima wasn't existed because. <laughs> Season one, it only came out. Yeah. No one had even known Fatima's character. He walks by and he goes, I like this. There's there's something here. And then walks away. Now, she had worked for Tyler for 13 years. Doing, doing wardrobe. Doing I mean, wardrobe, yeah. Yes. So I was like... Been a stylist. I was like, is that a good thing? Because <laughs> I don't know with this man. Because he just... You know how he's very stoic. Yeah, yeah. He'll say something, he'll laugh, then he won't laugh, then he'll walk away. And you'll be like, was he being sarcastic? Am I about to get fired? Like... What is happening, Crystal? And she's just like, no, if he said it, then I mean, he likes it. He likes it. And we just put the work in. I want you to say in. this, sure which did. was which was so funny, because you got to share the story, because I heard it. Uh, how did you get casted? <laughs> how did you get casted? Let's, let's end with that. I have a lot of actor friends. So, so I had been auditioning for a while, and I auditioned for The Oval. I got a call mm-hmm. back for The Oval and Sisters. Yeah. And I went in first for a role on The Oval. 
And I went in there and I killed the role for the oval. And then when I came out, they grabbed me. The minute I came out, and they were just like, come, come over to this room. And I was like, oh, man, I got to come over to this room. They're about to kick us all out. <laughs> I'm looking at all these people, right? And then Tyler walks in after about 20 minutes, and he goes, um, welcome to the cast of the oval. And the first thing I was just like, yo, I booked. Because I told Kay, manifestation, mm -hmm. I said, this year, it's no longer going to be the social media skits. I have to book a role on a TV show mm -hmm. to be a legitimate actor. What yeah. people don't realize is that I studied. I am a thespian. I did. I have my bachelor's degree in speech communication and performance. I did a two-year conservatory at Esper Studios. Like mm -hmm. I didn't just wake up one day and be like, I'm going to act and start. No, I didn't. Mm -hmm. I went to do, I studied this for yeah. six years. Yeah. And I felt accomplished because I got this role. So went back home, called my parents, told my, because my parents, you know, everybody in our Generation before us loves Tyler Perry. Yeah, I said, Mom, I got a role on Tyler Perry show. We got a new show coming out called The Yo. Everybody was all excited. Now we're at my one of my close friends' baby shower. I'm sitting there in the baby shower, and my phone rings, and it's an Atlanta number. And I'm like, Hello? They're like, Please hold for Mark Swinton. Mark Swinton. Marky Swinton. Yeah, the president yeah. of TPS. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, Oh, he's gonna tell me some updates or whatever. And he gets on the phone. And he's like, Hey, yeah, yeah, Deval, Deval, hey, uh, <laughs> is that guy you talked to? This is uh, Mark Swinton here with Tyler Perry Studios. And I'm just like, Okay. He said, oh, We have some bad news. We have to take the role of Pinky from you. And I'm like, What? <laughs> I done told all my family. I saw his whole Yo. face just <laughs> I was like, drop. I'm like, I was what? like, What happened? And he said, Yeah, yeah, we, we have to take the role of Pinky. Sorry, sorry to call you like this, but uh. Tyler wants to speak to you in person. You know, uh, he's here in Radio City. You're in New York, right? And I'm like, yeah. So he wants you to come down to Radio City Music Hall and get the Medea farewell tour. And I'm trying to be as composed as possible because <laughs> I really want to curse him out. Like, man, you called me five days after I done told my whole family. Now you inviting me to go see Medea. Nobody wants to see no Medea. Won't you? Like, I wanted to say all of these things, right? But I held myself together and I said, don't burn no bridge. And I said, sure. I'll, I'll. Yeah, I'll come. We'll I'll be come there. We'll, we'll be there. there. So I was just like, um, can I bring my wife? And he was just like, sure, sure, you can bring whoever you want. You know, so, I had to hold his hand because I was like, Lord, nah, I don't know what's about to happen. But a little side tidbit. Little side tidbit. Three weeks prior to this, I had tested for a show called Bigger on BT Plus. It came down to me and this dude named Chase, who me and Chase are real good friends now, and Robbie Reed. And it's going back and forth for the role. No, Calls that's my, that's me in my her buddy, office. Mm -hmm. Kay was with me at the time because she had tested as well. Mm -hmm. And she said, hey, Deval, um, we just want to let you know your audition was great. I'm telling Kadeen, I'm like, she called me into the office. She's going to offer me the role. <laughs> I know what's about to happen right now, right? Uh -huh. And then I got Kay right there. She's holding my hand. And she's like, yeah, we just want to let you know it was down to you and Chase. And you guys were both great, but y'all both different. So I'm like, okay. And she said, yeah, so we just decided to go with Chase. And I'm like... <laughs> Like what? It's like yo, like sweat. I'm so mad, and the sweat is. I felt cold. yeah. His, so I'm people like, don't understand the level of rejection. Yeah, yo, like, that mess is the worst. That's who? the worst job to ever have as an actor because yo. you you set yourself up for rejection every all time. The time, all the time. So I'm like in my mind, I'm like this could have been an email. Like you don't have to call me and do this in my face. I got my wife here. I'm like, I'm like snuff Robbie Reed, right? So I'm like, she said, I'm just telling you this in person because I don't want you to ever quit. You are great at what you do. Mm -hmm. The difference between you and Chase was the chemistry with the lead. And sometimes it doesn't even come down to acting. At it comes all. down to the chemistry. So yeah. I said, cool. Thanks, Robbie. I'm going to head on out. <laughs> I'm going to head on out. So that was three weeks prior to me getting fired by Mark Swift on my day off, right? And I'm, I'm honestly like, why these niggas keep effing with me? Like, they keep effing with me. So 
we go that night. I get K. We go to Radio City Musical, and I'm like, don't burn no bridges. Right? <laughs> don't burn no bridges. <laughs> Brooklyn DeVal, yeah. stay in Brooklyn. Yeah, that's your inner monologue. Yeah, yeah. Just, stay in Brooklyn. We're calm. in the city now. Don't okay. Burn no bridges. But um, Robbie Reed had taken us out to dinner after that. She was so kind to us. She had called K in for some other auditions and stuff. So she was really true to her word about trying to find something for us. So I said, this could be another situation where they may find something for me. So remain calm. So now we're there early. Cause they told me to come early. I'm sitting there. I got the Medea posters and stuff. And I'm just like, fire, bro. Like, I'm like I'm trying to be here, bro. She's like, Deval, stop slouching. I'm like, nah, bro. So then, so then Mark's assistant comes over while we're sitting there, and they're like, oh, Deval, all right. And at first they're like, Deval. I said, it's Deval. You fired me. Get my name. Right. <laughs> at the very least. Like, so he's like, yeah, uh, Mark Shui wants to meet you. He wants to talk to you and Tyler. So we go backstage, and. Mark is like, hey, Deval, you know, I'm sorry about everything. And I'm just like, it's all right, Mark. And he's just like, Tyler wants to talk to you. Tyler comes out dressed as Medea. And I've never met Tyler in person. And Tyler is 6'5", 265 pounds. He is the size of an NFL tight end, right? And the first thing I said to myself was, if these guys, like, just tells me how bad I am or something or like why he fired me, I'm about to snuff Tyler Perry. <laughs> Just as Medea, I'm about to knock his big ass out. That was what's going on in my mind, right? That's your inner monologue. That's my inner monologue, <laughs> right? And then he like, the more closer he gets, the bigger he gets, right? So I'm like, yo, okay. <laughs> Son is wild, baby. I was like, "Don't worry, I got you." Yeah, I said, we don't have, have to jump, Tyler Perry. Together, we don't have to jump. And she was like, "She's she like, I got you, I got, I got you, you, I got you." Said, "Okay." So then he's dressed as Medea, and in my mind, I'm expecting him to talk like Medea because this is Medea. But he's like, "Um, this is this is Deval, this is Deval." My like, nigga don't even know who I am. I'm getting tight right now. I'm like, "Yes, yeah, sir. I'm Deval. Nice to meet you." You know what I'm saying? He's just like, "Yeah, sorry." Um, we had to take the role of Pinky from you. And I was like, yeah, you know, I know how these things go. You know, it's a business and stuff like that. He said, yeah, we have another role called Zach on a show called Sisters. It's a series regular. We think you'd be better for it. It's a bigger role. Bro, when I tell you <laughs> everything in me. My knees got weak. Like, I was like, this is not happening. Like, oh my Tyler goodness. Perry is making my dream come, come true. Because true. Mm -hmm. the role of Pinky was a recurring character who ended up dying in five episodes. <laughs> But now I'm about to be in 25 episodes, mm -hmm. the, one of the first Man. male leads yes. on the show that's a brand new hit show. And I just, I didn't know what to say. So I looked at Kay, right? And then Tyler goes, you thought you was fired, huh? <laughs> and starts laughing. I was like, bro, this is his idea of a joke? What kind of sick man are you? I almost beat you up, bro. Like, I was about to be here on Tyler. Like, oh, could you imagine if I went in there and form tackle Tyler Perry and I'm beating up Medea backstage while she, he's trying to offer me a job? It'd have been a whole movie. It'd have been like, bring the cameras in. Bring the cameras in. One take. One take. He, he saw my face, the relief, and he hugs me and Kay at the same time. And, I, and all the Medea boobs was all in your it face. Was all Medea boobs. I was like, all right, all right, Tyler. And he he said to me, he said this, he said, you ready for your life to change? He wasn't lying. He was not lying. Oh, I can't man. walk so sad, anywhere so without, nobody. without somebody saying, Zach! <laughs> they, yo, and it's so crazy. They be like, Zach, where's the team? I'm like, this is real life. They really life. expect her to be walking around with him all the time. <laughs> My whole life has changed. Where's the team? Listen, I know, I, I, <sighs> man, I love that story because, you know, coming from the acting industry and all that stuff, you I understand know. how much those moments, those yeses can make yes. or break your life and yeah. change your life, like Tyler said. And so that's what I love so much about Tyler is that he has the ability to change people's lives yep. forever. Yeah, he does. And uh, God has positioned him mm -hmm. uh, with great wealth and resources. But I saw Tyler 
from the very beginning, we was in the same industry, you know, doing these plays and grinding. passing out these fly flyers and just grinding. And um, and I met him years ago, and I and I, and I was volunteering backstage at the Black Cabin Varsity Leathers, and um, I was actually going to sell him a prop pistol because he he used to have these little uh, racing guns, like those little starter yeah, pistols yeah, yeah. with mm -hmm. that, and that's what he would have. And I said, Tyler, I was like, there are better prop guns than <laughs> yeah. this. And so I came the next day with a, with a gun, and I opened the box. He jumped back. I said. <laughs> I said, nobody ain't trying to shoot you. I said, I'm trying to sell you this thing. And so he looked at it. He was like, oh, how much you want to sell it for or whatnot? But I told him where he could buy it or whatnot. And so that was my interaction with, with Tyler. But it was, I watched him just grow, 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 grow. And now he's just buying up the block, buying yeah. up the country, you, just buying up the whole city of Atlanta. You, one of my purposes, I want to be as big and successful as Tyler for yeah. one reason. I want to be able to give back to my community the same way. And that's what I'm talking about. That's, that's I just, that, that's what I've I been want. telling her this. She was just like, you, know, you want to be famous? I said, yes, I want to be famous. I want to be rich and famous so that when a kid is going through college and is struggling and has nobody to pay the bill, I can say, look, don't ask nobody else for no money. I got you. Don't rob, don't steal. Yep. Maintain a 3.5 GPA and your school is paid for. Got gotcha. you. That's what I want. That's what I, I want. I want to see the single mom mm -hmm. who's living in an apartment and is messed up and I could be like, you know what? Here's a down payment for a home. Yep. You pay the mortgage, but the the biggest thing is a down payment. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, I've watched Tyler do that. Yeah. For yep. and I'm not saying he's done that for like one or two. People. Yeah. He do it I've all the time. I've watched Tyler do that for like all the time. Groups of people, like just spend millions on yeah. people. And... Story. I gotta tell you the story. One of the wasn't the pig. One of the uh, sound people was late to work one day, and he was late to work because his truck broke down. And we're getting there and. Tyler's like, where's so-and-so? Where's so-and-so? He's like, he had our problems with his truck. He's like, problems with his truck? What was he said, his truck broke down. He said, remember all that? He's like, that was the traffic on the highway. Us coming here was him. He was like, yeah. So the next day, he calls him up. He's just like, uh, you were late to work yesterday. So the dude is sick. scared. He's like, I'm going to get fired. You know yeah. Like, yeah. He's like, What's, what happened? He's like, you know, my, my transmission, my alternator, typically I can you know, jimmy it and I did something and it didn't work, but I promise you, sir, it will never happen again. And Tyler said, you damn right it won't happen again. And just threw him some keys. It was a brand new truck. He said, don't ever be late to work again. <laughs> I, I tell you, that man mm. cried. Oh, boy. When, mm. he, when he cried, bro, I was sitting there and I was like, mm. who would have been able to do that for somebody? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> yes. you watch people and you like, people should yes. not have to struggle. Struggle just to earn a living. We yes. live in abundance. We're, yes. we're already now. doing it now in, yeah. in the we scale that we can it's to like try now. to help people because mm -hmm. why? This is not all just for us. I'm trying mm -hmm. to tell you. That's what it's God right. blessed us for. Yeah. Listen, I can talk to y'all all day. Y'all feel know. like I'm amongst family. Oh, uh, for sure. I love y'all energy. I love y'all vision. Thank you. <sighs> Lord, yours too, bro. This is a great, a this great a time. Great, this is a great time. This, 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 this touched me. I don't read books often, but I'm gonna read this book. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read this book. Thank I'm gonna you. get the audio. I'm gonna be on the plane tomorrow. I got to do a live podcast in Norfolk, uh, Virginia. So that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna listen to the Give audio. Us a listen. We appreciate yeah. you. Thank no. I'm listening to the audio. Thank you for hey, the listen. opportunity. Thank y'all. Hey, make sure y'all go out and pick up this book. We over me. Such a powerful, powerful Thanks. title in and of itself. And uh, listen, there it is right there. Does it look like us? Yeah, it look like y'all. Look like y'all. <laughs> okay, just a beautiful couple. Just a beautiful couple. Thank you. So uh, Thank kids, you. beautiful. All y'all yes. just beautiful. My babies. I can't wait to get back to them. Yeah, I know you've been I on the road. I can't the weight, though. <laughs> Which weight? 
I'm joking. Please look and see how broke she gets. No, that's a whole nother podcast. Don't get me started. We're going to go roll on to two or three hours. We can talk about this and unpack it, okay? <laughs> well, listen, y'all give it up for my people, the Ellis's, y'all. Appreciate you. you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Ladarian thrusted suddenly into child protective services in 2015. My nephew, black, a boy. The likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship, slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black, a boy, with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted, yep, you guessed it, slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just too many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care, should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury, state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse, I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root, 
by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm LaTerrace R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys documenting my work with the homeless as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today. Man, when I tell you this episode blessed me so much, I love to see people do life together, to get it right, not to be perfect, but to just get it right, to continue to reconnect with one another. I love it when I see couples that operate in oneness. Well, here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey. Dear future wifey, I can't wait to support you. I'm not referring to merely paying for your lifestyle. I'm talking about supporting you. My back will become a support beam against yours. Any dream you can imagine accomplishing will send me to petition heaven to advocate your request. I will be your spokesman, telling the world of your greatness. I will honor you in speech and action. You will know as sure as blood pumps through your veins, no one besides God comes before you. Through our Lord and Savior, a hedge of protection will be forged around us. You will be confident in my love for you. I know you're thinking, Lateris, everything you just said, I'll do the same for you. I know. And that's why I married you. Your future hubby. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wife YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.